It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. They often say that Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, but in terms of basketball in West Virginia, we have reached the most wonderful time of year. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Rick Marone. Happy to have you back. Glad to be back. Along with Joe Linville. Act like he's the one who's been gone. (laughs) Um, Good deflection. Yes, exactly. But, uh, you know, talking about what we're excited about tonight, we have the seedings for all of the girls' high school sectional basketball tournaments. We're in a couple of games tonight. Seasons end tonight. How? Like, I don't know when that happened. He's got a couple of days, so he's not sweating it tonight. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It goes so quickly. And like you said, we're going to have all the scores and, uh, and all the highlights for everybody tonight. But there are sectional games underway and finishing up as we speak. So, as you mentioned, some people uh, getting the softball mitts out and uh, starting to look at those spring sports. There are a couple of girls' teams whose seasons end tonight. That's just unbelievable in its own way. Of course – The boys' sectional seedings will come out next week. Of course, you can go to basketballnight.com for the most accurate girls' basketball sectional tournament schedule that you'll find online. Uh, There are others out there that I know have mistakes. (laughs) I know ours is correct. I trust our people. Uh, (laughs) They work hard. They they, they really do. And uh, it's ironic that in 2019, it's still a little bit difficult to get all the (laughs) sectional tournament schedules. But it is. But we managed to do so. And... uh, you know, we're really happy about that. Of course, a lot of basketball to talk about over the course of the past week. Uh, and also in the course of this show, uh, Joe and I will, will sit down here and grill Coach Marone on the, uh, <laughs> on the sectional tournament seating format. We didn't get to talk about it in detail last week of how it's done and maybe if there are ways to improve it. I think a few years ago when we started this format, we took a big step forward. And, you know, I, I still think that doesn't mean you can't look for ways to continue to improve. Right. Um, you know, there were, there, were, there were several sections this year that I just I, – I did not envy the voters because uh, it, <laughs> it, was it was difficult. Absolutely. And no matter who came out in those seedings, other teams had legitimate cases of their own. So somebody was going to not be happy no matter what. And it doesn't mean it was wrong. It's just how it worked out. Yeah, and I tell you what, uh, if you want the silver bullet, you want me to give it to you now or wait till the end of the Hit show? Me with it. Uh, the silver bullet that will solve it, and I think it needs to happen, is they ought to require all sectional opponents to play regular season games. You could require once, home and home would be even better, and then you go on records. And then you have tiebreakers of head to head, point difference, or whatever. That ends it. It's settled on the courts. You could agree on officials. If you're going to put people in sectionals, and that's what they're all about, all of us are trying to reach Charleston. It's important. If it's that important, mandate they play. They don't want to dictate scheduling in basketball. I understand that. But the way they're doing it, to me, that takes the voting out of it. It, it, To me, that's the fairest way to do it. That would solve everything. Voting can be very hard. It's very hard because when you don't play each other, and to be honest, you know, we're in a region with 13 teams. We happen to play some teams on the other side of our region. Our region runs – four hours in one direction. There's teams that don't see people. Nobody's, I don't think, doing anything uh, by design. I really don't. But I think it's not being familiar with somebody. So the way you eliminate that, everybody in your section, 
You're required to play. If you choose not to play, you're seated last in your section. Just automatically, that'll force people to, to play, and that's the way it should be. And then if it falls wherever, wherever, wherever it is, I think that's the solution. Totally agree with you. I mean, if you're not playing the, the opponents in your section and in your region, you know, you're really going outside the box. So that's, those teams definitely need to be playing. Yeah. It's, it's, like I said, it's a challenge. And we understand and appreciate that, especially in, we've said it over the years. I don't think we've used the term this year, but a, a geographically challenged state <laughs> such as we West are. Virginia, which, I mean, it, it just is. And it, it makes it difficult for certain. We know that you are here, though, because you want scores. We'll get our scores in just a moment. I do also <laughs> want to say that we – I'm not actually going to tease the scoreboard out and hold it out like we do with our resident referee, but I just want to do say that we do have Brian Sexton on the line. We'll talk with him uh, with a – West Virginia Christian uh, Association Tournament recap. Right. Uh, looking forward to talking with him about that in just a moment. And, again, we'll go through – we're going to go through every section seeding-wise. Again, you can find all those on basketballnight.com for the girls' basketball postseason. Um, but there are a few that I do want to talk about. There are some very good matchups that are looming for elimination games yeah. of teams that are state tournament caliber. And, again – that's just how it worked out. <laughs> you know, Ron, and even on a bigger picture this week, there was some things through out there from the SSAC as far as reclassification, and there's been a lot of scuttlebutt across the state about that as well. Uh, that, that, that's something we can, we can certainly tiptoe our way into <laughs> yeah. tonight uh, for, for sure. But right now we know that we've got the MSAC Night of Champions. Uh, not exactly the full Night of Champions. That's tomorrow, but... Uh, you, you still have a lot of the placement games tonight. A lot of games going on that are, that are going to affect boys' basketball seeding and, again, two girls' sectional games. Let's get to it. Let's get to our first check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Coach Burrow will give you the honors with the girls' basketball scoreboard tonight. Looking for scores? Look no more. BasketballNight.com, your one-stop shopping for all high school basketball scores around the state. And as Ryan mentioned, we're going to jump into the girls' side to start with. There are some sectional games that are underway tonight. Still awaiting some scores on the two games from Region 4, Section 1 in Class A, Work County taking on Muhammad tonight, and Calhoun County hosting Ravenswood. We'll get those updates to you as soon as they come in. Uh, the finals we do have. Rose Hill Christian gets a win over Hannon, 52-32. Wyoming East, a big win over a very good Nicholas County team, 64 to 26. That's uh, not that the win is in, kind of uh, unexpected, but the, the margin of victory in that one very much so. Shady Spring falls tonight to Princeton, 54-34. The Tigers with the win. And I tell you what, a whale of a game at the half. Bluefield leads Summers County. It's 40-31 to at the half tonight. That's a look at your high school girls' scores tonight. And Joe has a check of the boys' scoreboard. Over on the boys' side, and the MSAC playing for ninth place tonight. The Huntington Highlanders knock off South Charleston by a score of 81-56. In the next bracket, playing for seventh place, it is Spring Valley over Parkersburg Big Reds, 74-71. And in the fifth-place game in the MSAC, it is the Hurricane Redskins taking the win there over neighboring St. Albans by a score of 60-46. to This game still in the fourth quarter. It is Moorfield trailing East Hardy, 56-46. This one a final. Nicholas County holds off Midland Trail, 69-63. 
The East Fairmont Bees pick up a win tonight over Liberty Harrison, 57-46. It's the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame knocking off the Irish of Charleston Catholic, 81-75. Greater Beckley Christian rolls to a victory tonight over Westside, 73-47. This game at the half, Jefferson leads Hampshire, 22-16. In a game at the end of the third quarter, it's going to be a tight one. Hedgesville is leading Musselman by a score of 35-30. to 30. This one, a final, Shady Spring over Independence tonight on the boys' side, 73-45. At the end of the third quarter, it is Kaiser. The Golden Tornadoes lead Southern Garrett, Maryland, 48-32. The Polka Dots pick up a win tonight over the Man Hillbillies by a score of 72-47. Oak Hill rolls on as they pick up a victory over Pikeville, or Pikeview rather, 84-65. It is Martinsburg. Uh, actually, I'm not sure that game uh, doesn't show on our scoreboard, but the current score is 84-47 over South Hagerstown, Maryland, that, that, I presume is, that a is a final. That is a final. Okay, that one is a final. And in the fourth quarter, it is Indian Creek, Ohio, leading Magnolia 43 43- 35. And this one is a final. John Marshall picks up a win over Edison Local of Ohio 67-40, or actually 67-61. And the at the end of the third quarter, it is Kaiser. This can't something's wrong here, because Kaiser shows leading Philip Barber 48-32. So I know Kaiser is not playing two games tonight. But anyway, that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism basketballnight.com scoreboard. It's not that busy of a night for the Golden Tornado. <laughs> Actually, what it is, we have that um, we have that score in twice. We have two different opponents. I can line that out. Give me right, one we'll get... second here. Let me get on our trusty fast finger, basket, Freddy. There, <laughs> our, our trusty uh, at hoops underscore roundup, and it was a seventy to forty nine victory by Kaiser over Philip Barber. So that that was the final tonight. Thanks to our good buddy Chapin Jewel for uh, getting that information to us. Hey, how about that? Right? Uh, but that that is instantaneous. <laughs> like that. Yes. There it was. <laughs> Thank so, you. Uh, that's why I love this show right there. Uh, nonetheless, so uh, before we go to the phones, guys, uh, anything jump out at you there tonight? A uh, couple couple games. Of course, I was kind of surprised. Uh, maybe Notre Dame. That was a pretty good game. Notre Dame and Charleston Catholic. That one went down to a eighty-one seventy-five win on the boys' side. And there was another one. Oh, the Spring Valley-Parkersburg game, 74-71 in that uh, MSAC tournament game. And, Coach, anything? Yeah, I tell you what, I can't wait to talk to Kaz later on in the program. you got Musselman and Hedgesville going at it. Hedgesville knocks them off by six. And we know those matchups and the Martinsburgs and the Jeffersons and all of them, uh, you know, those are teases till tournament time comes because those teams know each other so well. They always seem to have some classic matchups and another one tonight. And those are games that we don't get to see right. or watch. You know, we don't know what kind of talent's coming out there. Do they come in to roll into the Civic Center in Charleston? I'm sorry. The come Charles- on now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I knew he was going to call me on that. <laughs> the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. <laughs> Old habits are going to die really hard. It will be eight to ten years before we know that, and it might have changed names. It by may then be again. renamed. Yes. Uh, I still call Middleburg Island and Logan. Middleburg Island, you know. So. It's not Middleburg Well, they Island. call it something. They've got two or three different names for it's it. It's always been Middleburg Well, the, okay, the what the uh, Logan Memorial Fieldhouse. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, Middle, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. 
just I mean, some of those things. You think know. the world of Willie Akers. I've had him on the program. Oh yeah, but uh, it's the Logan Fieldhouse to, exactly. to all of us. But I understand the name right. Willie Akers Arena makes perfect sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, a big game that happened earlier in the week too that I do want to mention. Um, Webster County stayed undefeated by picking up a one point home victory over Greater Beckley Christian. Um, I know that there are some people who could legitimately look at the Webster County schedule and, and not necessarily know how they fit in with the very top of Class A. I know Greater Beckley Christian plays a difficult schedule, has lost a couple of uh, tough games, lost to Tug Valley to begin the season, um, but has played really well over the course of the year. I think that Webster County result says, you know, they're at least in the thick of things. And, you know, you get them in Charleston, that might not be a good draw for somebody who is thinking state title right now. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a quality win for them. And late in the season, that can't do anything but continue to build momentum uh, for the Highlanders. And as you mentioned, uh, one of those teams maybe that uh, a lot of people don't get exposed to unless they make a run to Charleston. But, Joe, I tell you what, Webster County, they've had success over the last few years. This is not a uh, one-shot deal here, but, boy, to still be undefeated this late in the season is impressive. It is. I'm excited for <laughs> them. You know, it, it just, you know, you like to see those rural areas flourish. And then, you know, the season they're having, phenomenal. My, you know, my hat's off to them, and I hope they make it to Charleston, hope they get the opportunity to – to watch them, maybe even a couple games. 20-0 and 0 going into um, play uh, here over the course of the, uh, the home stretch. Uh, it's funny that we talk about Wester County. <laughs> you guys know I love to tie everything right in uh. together, right? <laughs> well, well, we'll make this one uh, simple. Joining us now on the phone is Rob Stracula, head coach of the Parkersburg Catholic Boys in the LKC Championship game. Versus Webster <laughs> County. There you go. Coach Stakula, welcome to the program. Hey, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Th- th- thanks for inviting me. Uh, let- let's talk a little bit about uh, your basketball team. Uh, looking, Let's look forward before we kind of look back at how you got here. Uh, tomorrow, LKC Championship game at the Waco Center uh, in Glenville uh, against Webster County. Uh, that- that's a great matchup, uh, a potential you know, that, that, that's a game we could see again here uh, in a short period of time with even bigger stakes. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we both have the opportunity um, moving forward to make the state tournament, you know. And if we do play each other again, you know, that's a good sign that we both, because we're both in Charleston. Um, you know, I think we both have a tough section, a tough region. And, you know, looking at Webster's region, it's probably a little tougher than ours. they got to get past uh, Greater Beckley and Greenbrier and Charleston Catholic. But, um yeah, we look forward to the game tomorrow. I think Webster County is very deserving of the number one um, ranking that they, they have right now. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight, and it's going it's to be a fun atmosphere. Your team is fourteen and five, and three of those losses were by one possession. I mean, you're you're right on the cusp of of you know a, a, a season to never forget, and you're having a memorable good season as it is. We are, um, you know, the first eleven games we were six and five, and I think, like you mentioned, you know, three of those games were probably, you know one, one, one two point three losses against some good teams. You know, we we, we play a very tough and competitive schedule. Uh, Notre Dame twice, Charleston Catholic twice. We've got Central, Greater Beckley. Um, you know, through Nicholas County in there, and win the season with Winfield next Tuesday, and we feel our schedule really prepares us. For, you know, for games like we're going into Webster. Uh, you know, going to, our schedule prepares us for going, you know, sexuals and regionals, and I think heading into the state tournament. So, you know, we're on a roll right now. Um, I feel like we're, we can get better. We don't want to peak too early. 
Hey, coach, how big a game is this tomorrow? I mean, you know, you like you said, you guys are fourteen and five. You're you're going up a team that's doesn't have a loss uh, in the column. So, how big a game is this for you? It's a very big game, you know, and, and not just for you know in terms of an, uh, an OKC championship, but I think this game has a, um, a will have a big impact on state rankings when you know it's time to see the regions heading into the state tournaments. And this is a very um, this, this 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 game could impact you know what happens in the future in the next couple of weeks. I think Parkersburg Catholic and Webster County tomorrow at the Waco Center in Glenville, twenty and zero Webster County against uh, Parkersburg Catholic for the LKC Championship. That should be a great ball game. Coach Strakula, thanks so much for joining us tonight. and wish you and your uh, ball club the best of luck. Thanks. I appreciate it. And you guys, you guys do a great job. I listen to you guys every, every Friday. Uh, and you guys are fun. You guys, you guys bring a lot of good action and a lot of good commentary for the state of West Virginia. I greatly appreciate that. Again, that's uh, Head Coach Rob Strakula of the Crusaders of Parkersburg Catholic. Their boys play Webster County tomorrow. Again, the Waco Center, the beautiful Waco Center in Glenville, has turned into a nice little kind of middle of the state, a little bit above the middle of the state, Flatwoods, the geographic center of the state of West Virginia for all those who are aware, in Braxton County. But uh, going up to uh, Glenville and uh, a, a great facility there and uh, getting to host some big games of high school, some big you know, Division II college games, that's turned into a nice little arena. Yeah, it is, and uh, they're really doing a great job marketing the arena because they're bringing a variety of uh, events and tournaments in there. Anytime you can expose your facility to a larger audience, that's, that's good on, on all fronts. The name alone makes me want to just get in the car and drive to Glenville, you know? <laughs> Let's step aside and take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk with Ryan Sexton of Calvary Baptist Academy. He's the public address announcer and broadcaster for CBA, we'll talk about the Christian Association Tournament. Also, we'll talk with Jordan Mounts, WFGH Import Gay, had Tug Valley St. Joe tonight. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. Marshall Sports Journalism graduate learned transferable skills that score competitive careers. Is it time for you to get in the game? Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey today. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, and you can visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. It just takes one click to watch. Become part of the show and part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. And we want you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can call the show tonight, too. We'd like to hear from you toll-free. 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Give us an update on your team's game. And also, if you're watching, you see all those pictures. Send us your picks, your games, your team, your fans. Let everybody see what's happening 
at your game tonight. Find out more by visiting basketballnight.com. Shout out to Brock Price, Wade, Clay Bauer, and Morgan. Some of our newest followers on Twitter tonight, thanks for joining us and being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 920 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside of Joe Linville and Coach Rick Marone joining us now. on. The, well, before we take Brian Sexton here, I do want to give out some scores from the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament. Uh, boys semifinal scores tonight. Calvary Baptist defeats Wood County Christian 83-57. to It was also Cross Lanes Christian defeating Mercer Christian. Boy, that's a blast from the past in the SSAC, isn't it? <laughs> uh, by a final of 62-51. to Girls semifinals tonight. Calvary Baptist beat Elk Valley Christian 40-38. to Real good ball game there. And Grace Christian, I've seen them. Coach Marone has seen them. It's a good basketball team. Uh, beat Cross Lanes by a score of 68-24 to 24 tonight in the semifinals of that. And now joining us on the program is Brian Sexton. He follows along with Calvary Baptist and is a good friend of the program. And, Brian, I'm sorry I've missed you for like four straight weeks. <laughs> I was beginning to wonder, Ryan. <laughs> he was avoiding you, Brian. I, I was beginning to wonder if it, was, if it was me or if we had to file a missing persons report on you. I, I was a little worried. I, I, I was looking up here. Hey, Ryan, I went to the Walmart up here in Summersville uh, this this morning and looking for your picture on the carton of milk. <laughs> you know, so, if my greeting, picture shows up on a carton of milk in Summersville, something has bad gone wrong for me. Well, there you go. Greet, by the way, greetings from outside the Fujiyama Japanese Steakhouse here in beautiful Summersville. <laughs> West Virginia. I, hey, listen, I, I threw that out there because I know your boy's penchant for, for eating, so you know, I, I had to throw that out there. So, you know, we, we should get a Japanese steakhouse catering in here at some point. We, need we a, could have we a need hibachi a sponsor. meal. Like, yes, they could be like flipping shrimp yeah. uh, throughout the program. I'd be afraid they'd let go one of those <laughs> Genju knives or something. Do, do we have the budget for that? No. Okay. Hey, I think that would I think that would be insulting to your people there. I I, I mean that was, no, I, I tell right. you what, a, a couple of weeks ago when, when I was in with Joe and Billy, you know, that was that was some good eating at twelve thirty at night, man. I don't normally do that, but well, boy that was good eating. So uh hey hey, by the way, before we, we talk about the W V Cat tournament, I've seen Greater Beckley. They we played them this year on the class A side. I, I'm gonna go out on a limb right now and and, and say and i haven't seen webster county obviously play but in my mind i think greater beckley is my favorite to to win that thing in, in class a i was looking at at our book there uh, while i was waiting to to come on and and i tell you what they're athletic they're quick uh jay moore their their big gun uh, had 34 against us and and it was it was the jay moore show there for a while for greater beckley so uh if i had to lay money right now and i i'm not a betting man but if i were uh greater beckley would be my favorite in class a side yeah we won't we won't delve into this too much with you but 
I guess Class A is highly competitive this year, perhaps as competitive yep. as it has been in several years. Yeah, um, we've seen, and Ryan, we've seen some of those teams. You know, we we played we played Hannon, we've we've uh, we've played Huntington St. Joe this year, uh, we've played Tulsa, and so you know, at Calvary, we've seen some of those teams, and so. Um, you know, again, I think it's, you know, when those teams get to get to Charleston, it's going to be a great time. Well, a good win tonight for Calvary Baptist uh, over Wood County Christian, 83-57 in the WVCAT semifinals. And uh, that sets up a, a big game coming up with uh, Cross Lanes, who picked up a 62-51 win over Mercer Christian. And, I mean, th- this, is, this is, in many ways, kind of what Calvary Baptist is playing for. Yeah, Ryan, that, that's exactly right. And I tell you, the, the Summersville Convention Center has been a fantastic uh, venue so far. And, uh, again, i got to give a big tip of the hat to Brent Jolliker, who came on uh, a couple weeks ago when I was in with in the studio. And Brent does a great job. But, yeah, we won, uh, we won last night, Ryan. We won 89-19 to over Victory, uh, Victory Christian Academy out of Beckley. And that was our second 70-point victory of the season. And so uh, we we just played really well last night. Got up on them twenty seven nothing at the end of one, forty three to six at the half, and we just carried that play over tonight. Wood County actually upset the team we beat tonight. They upset Taze Valley Christian sixty six sixty in the uh, in the quarterfinals, and so we knew we had a tough game against them tonight because they beat us a week ago Tuesday up there. Uh, on their home floor, but we just came out early and and uh, we held their big gun Sam Kermeens down and and uh, we got a great night from Isaac Massey, twenty eight points. Our our big senior, our junior center rather, Robert Clutter, twenty six points, thirteen rebounds tonight, guys. So uh, we get a, a a third matchup with the Warriors of Cross Lanes Christian School. Tell me a little bit about when you go to uh, Summersville for this event. And, and this is something that I've always been interested in. Um, a lot of times, you know, the Christian Athletic Tournament doesn't necessarily get the publicity on a statewide scale as the SSAC uh, for various reasons. I, I think most of those mm-hmm. kind of understand how that works. But um, what, what are we looking at in terms of uh, local involvement with this tournament in Somersville? Ryan, I can tell you this, man. The 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 restaurants and the hospitality and the hotels up here have been fantastic. Look, when you when you put eight schools on the boys' side, and then another eight eight to ten schools on the girls' side, uh, there's a definite economic impact to to this community. And and we've been up here since uh, we got up here early yesterday. And so, you know, play happened all day yesterday, all day today. It'll happen all day tomorrow. Uh, there's a great impact economic, uh, economically to this area. And they've just rolled out the red carpet for us, Ryan. They, they have really, uh, everybody here in town is just glad to see us. And, and uh, they, they know that we could go a lot of places and have this tournament. But uh, for us at the WVCAT, uh, I know the athletic directors of, of our schools just think the world of Somersville. 
Hey, Brian, Coach Marone here. First of all, thanks for uh, uh, filling in here uh, while you were gone. I'm glad you got uh, good eats. It seems like every time that I'm here, uh, I miss out on the holiday meal and the Super Bowl meal, but I'm hopeful tonight. But anyway, we've actually played at the Summersville Convention Center, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's a beautiful facility, and I like the fact that it's very conveniently located, and there's a lot of things to do while you're there for the tournament. So as far as your team and your kids and, and as you work your way through the season, Having that as the ultimate goal, is that a, a nice kind of end-of-the-year uh, setting to kind of settle out uh, who's the champion for this year? Coach, I'd I tell you something. Uh, the quality of basketball, and, and you've seen the Grace girls play. The Grace girls are just running through everybody in this tournament. You've seen them play, and, and uh, they, they're playing really well. Um, yeah, this is what these kids play for. Uh, our kids got back in the locker room this evening, and there was a lot of, of anticipation about tomorrow night and things like that because this is, for all intents and purposes, Coach, their state championship. And um, to, to say you're the best in the state of West Virginia among the Christian schools is something these kids are really proud of. Hey, Brian, just kind of wanted to know, what, what's the atmosphere there? I mean, you know, you go to, to Charleston to some of the, you know, the SSAC schools, and just, you know, do the schools bring student bodies or, you know, cheering sections with them? Hey, Joe, that's a great question. You know, the, the crowds have been in and out, obviously, it, and, and as you know pretty well, it, it's a lot like state tournament. You know, you're going to get – your school, when your school plays and, and the school you play is, is playing, you're going to get those fans, and those fans will linger for a quarter or so to watch the next game, and then they'll file out, and a new set of fans will file in. The atmosphere's been good. I tell you what, Joe, tomorrow is, is when you're really going to see it cranked up because uh, the girls' championship game between Grace and Calvary is at noon. And then we have a fifth-place game between Tays Valley Christian and Grace Christian on the boys' side. Then a third-place game at uh, 3.30 between Mercer Christian and Wood County Christian. And then the championship game at 5. So tomorrow is really when you're going to see uh, a full arena. I, I think we're going to see probably a lot of bleed over into our championship game because, uh, again, you've got, uh, you've got schools that are about uh, maybe 15 minutes apart if that between us and, and Cross Lanes Christian uh, as the as the crow flies, so I think you're going to see a lot of interest there, and and that's a rivalry game for us. We've lost to them twice this year, Joe, and and uh, really would love to uh, to spoil their weekend. Uh, and our our mantra this weekend with our boys and girls both is sweep the weekend. If we can, uh, if our girls can upset Grace tomorrow, which is going to be a very very tall task. Uh, and our guys can can uh, beat cross lanes, it'll be a great weekend for Calvary Baptist Academy. Should be a lot of fun tomorrow. Hopefully a lot of people will make their way to 3 Armory Way in Somersville, right behind the DMV to the convention <laughs> center to watch the WV. You sound like you know it well, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been around a few times. Maybe, there's a, maybe, maybe your picture is up here after all. <laughs> <laughs> You just never know where I'm going to show up. <laughs> Brian Sexton, PA announcer, Calvary Baptist Academy. Thanks so much for joining us, and I uh, look forward to recapping uh, championship games next week. Well, I'm looking forward to finishing my sushi and uh, filet mignon inside of uh, Fujiyama here. It's, it's cold it's now. It's still there when, when I get inside. <laughs> well, certainly, uh, thank you so much once again for calling. We've got to step aside and take our second break. When we come back, Jordan Mouse, WFGH in Fort Gay. 
talk about the Tug Valley St. Joe boys game, and we'll get another check of our scoreboard. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues after break two here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. R.J. Klein, Sherman Ty, Jesse Muncy, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers, Madison Blankenship, Riverview Raiders, Marley Weishnitz, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Taylor Dunford, Montcom Generals, Tyler Gray, Webster County Highlanders. And tonight, you're going to meet someone new from Oak Glen. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Don't forget to join us online tonight and vote in this week's poll. You've got to 1145. Last week, 90% of you voted there should be flagrant fouls in high school basketball. This week, should coaches continue to seed the sectional tournaments? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com, and the poll is on the right-hand side of the page. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers, Aiden Sutterfield, Gigi, WV, and Eric Anderson. They're part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. We are back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It is 934 on the program, episode 11 of season 6, February 15th, 2019. (laughs) Catch your breath. He said that didn't even flinch, did he? (laughs) No, but my goodness, we are into Mm. postseason play on the girls' side, Uh, boys' regular season winding down and again basketballnight.com is the place you want to go to keep up with all the scores and and, and all the updates through the postseason the schedules Uh, Marcus Constantino Fred Dameron the crew behind the scenes they do a fantastic job there are too many to name those are the two I see but I know there (laughs) there are there's a cast of thousands back there that I don't see and I greatly appreciate all the work that they do in making this program possible. I also want to thank Marshall University for, I mean, we have a fantastic setup here. They, they really uh, roll out the red carpet for us and make it really easy for us to uh, bring you this program. And um, Big thanks for hosting us here at Marshall University. Make it easy, just lay, you know, have the chair waiting on you, and you just walk in and sit I mean, down some, and go with it. You right? might even get a parking spot or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, that might be part of the package. 
you know, <clears throat> this show starts at nine o'clock <laughs> on, on That's Friday. That's right, nights. it does. And <sighs> that means that about eight fifty nine, fifty nine or so, you need to be here and sitting down. And I was, so I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> but, uh, With thirty seconds to spare. <laughs> right. I had time to get, you know, a drink of uh my sports drink. And uh, you know, hide it back down behind the set, we're all good and uh you know, here we are. You know, I act like this is not common, though. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone to know, I run a very precise schedule. I very try tight, not to very be, tight schedule. I try not to be anywhere a minute before I need to be because <laughs> no that, used to waste time. That's right? a minute of sleep that I could get. That I that you know, and and all, all of that matters. We'll get to Jordan here in just a moment, uh, but before we do that, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the seedings for the girls sectional tournament and coach marone we'll let you just uh give us a quick overview not specifically obviously but just a quick overview how the seating process for boys and girls sectional tournaments work okay uh the the boys are starting right now as far as their seating process and the way it works is is each region has uh co-coordinators for the sectional tournaments and so you have a region with two sections uh <clears throat> that are included there are ballots sent out. For instance, today those ballots were distributed to all the boys' teams across the state. Uh, they would get a ballot with all the teams in their region listed on that ballot. You are to rank all the teams other than your own in your entire region, and those have to be in by Tuesday at 12 o'clock. Those are submitted to both regional coordinators, so you have a check there. You have two people uh, tabulating the votes. They throw out the highest and lowest seed that you give. So, for instance, if you have a team and somebody gave you a 12 and that was the highest seed that anybody gave you, that 12 is discarded and your lowest is discarded. They feel that will kind of give more of a kind of a median average type seeding. Once all that's done, they're collected, they're tabulated. The lower the score, the better, obviously. If you were ranked number one in your region by all teams involved, you would have the lowest score possible. Then they separate you out by section and wherever you would be. So... The thing that people I don't think understand, if you had a region that was kind of heavier in strength on one side, when you do the seeding, there could be the top two or three teams actually out of one section. The fourth team in the region could actually be the top seed in the other half. So everything falls into place. They usually end up putting those out uh, pretty quickly after they're totaled. So by Tuesday afternoon, I think most of the boys' uh, set, uh, seedings will be, be made public. Hey, Coach, just got one quick question for you. I know, you know, some of the sections have as little as four teams in them, mm -hmm. and then some have, you know, six, seven, maybe even eight teams in them. Does that – do you feel like that's fair to, you know, across the board, or is it just, no, just I, the I way think, it shakes out? I think out? what they're trying to – and we won't delve into where Brian's going to tippy-toe later with some of the new proposals that are out there. You've got the AAA division with 29 schools. You've got single A with over 50. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's a logistic – thing that they they have to have more but for instance we're in a sectional with seven teams right in our same county as a triple a team they're in a section with four teams there are others i think there might even be one with three teams <laughs> there, there are sections in triple a where if you get the top seed you have automatically qualified for that regional, regional co-final without even playing a game so yes it is a little bit unbalanced because i was thinking as i was driving in and i knew that we would kind of touch on this because if you think about it in reality, if you're one of four teams in a section and they're, they're going to take two out of your section and there's eight in your region, 
your percentage of opportunity to try and advance is much higher than somebody that's in a region with 13 teams. So it's a numbers game. I know that's the way it has to be because of how many teams are in each division, but it is a little bit unbalanced. And we will certainly delve more into specifics uh, of this in just a moment. Uh, but first, we want to go back to the phone lines. Tug Valley picked up an 88-56 win tonight over Huntington St. Joe. Jordan Mounts is on the phone. He joins us now. And, Jordan, a, a nice win for the Panthers tonight. You know, it was a really nice win, Ryan. Uh, you know, Tug Valley picked up a good win over St. Joe. And uh, that's a good, very talented ball team there, St. Joe is. So, uh, but uh, going through a little bit of area here of cell phone service here. All right. We'll, 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 we'll get back to Jordan in just uh, – wait, wait a minute. What's this? Okay, Jordan what? Jordan just walks right on in. All right. I knew that game was in Huntington tonight, and it was only about five blocks from where we are. And so uh, so Jordan's just going to kick Rick Marone out of here. I'll be safe. He's just going to come in we and take over. This works yeah. Yeah. Ryan, if you remember correctly, you actually did this to me a couple of years uh, – about a year ago. Well, so, I'm surprised uh, he didn't kick you out of your seat. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't hold a grudge or anything, do you? I mean, you? He, actually did kick, he actually did kick me out of my seat, so uh, – <laughs> Uh, uh, but uh, nice win tonight, though. We, we talked about that and Tug Valley making the trip up to Huntington. And, again, just a few blocks behind us uh, down on 6th Avenue. You know, it was a really good game. Two talented teams. Uh, very t- St. Joe's got a, a good young core that they have to build around. And uh, they're going to do some – they're going to do well. Rough season there for the Irish. Uh, you know, you typically see – them doing well, uh, obviously in Charleston. I believe I believe they were last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, St. Joe's just a very talented team. They're going to be back next year, um, and they've got a good young core to build around. It's been an up and down season for Tug Valley. I don't think that's necessarily a surprise, but I think there have been some games along the way where you just kind of scratch your head. You know, you're 100% right. And the last game that we played before tonight was uh, uh, Van, which we uh, unfortunately got beat in, but. You know, nonetheless, uh, it's a young team for Tug Valley. So um, tonight they played team basketball, and they played very, very good team basketball. Uh, 22 assists for Tug Valley uh, amongst the team, scoring 88 points. So you do the math, one out of every four shots was uh, uh, an assist, or whenever, one out of every four baskets was an assist. So um, it was very, very good uh, team effort. They were led on the court this evening by Ian Reed, very talented sophomore, great kid, um, nine assists, finished one assist, shy of a double-double. So good game by uh, all Tug Valley players, but especially I'll, I'll throw Ian out there. You know, in defense of uh, Coach Ed May, and he schedules a brutal schedule. I mean, these this team has been all over the state. We've talked about it before, but they're not afraid to get on the bus and, and travel across the state to take on an opponent. You're 100% right. You know, we've uh, – Tug Valley took on uh, Chapmanville, uh, along with some very other very skilled opponents here this year. Um, in fact, tomorrow we go back for senior night at Tug Valley, and it's going to be uh, Westside. So, uh, you know, very another very skilled double-A opponent. Um, taking it into the Hatfield-McCoy shootout, Tug Valley also played Pikeville High School along with uh, Hurricane. So uh, two very skilled opponents, big schools, um, and very talented basketball teams. And uh, talking with Coach Edwin May, uh, his – Response always is, you know, play in a very front-loaded, heavy schedule prepares their t- prepares Tug Valley for a run to Charleston, and that's what he's hoping now. With even with such a young team, um, 
they play like they did tonight, it, it's feasible that we could be looking at another uh, state tournament appearance for Tug Valley. Jordan, games are, you know, each game's its own thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to mention here, you, you mentioned the last time out that, that Van had beat Tug Valley. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to December 11th, second game of the season. Tug Valley beat Van mm-hmm. by 34 points in Naugatuck. In the return game in Van, mm-hmm. the Bulldogs beat Tug Valley by 16. Yes. As a 50-point swing. Yes. You know, um, I wasn't actually able to go to that game, unfortunately. I was laid up at the house with the flu, unfortunately. But It happens. You know, um, <laughs> from, what, from what my dad was able to tell me about the game, um, they played very selfish basketball that day. Weren't sharing the basketball nearly like they were tonight. Came out with a lack of energy um, and, and just did, overall did not show up. About uh, as, as basic as he put it. But, you know, tonight shot 63% from two-point land, 43% from three-point land. Um, still need to work on their free throw percentages at 67. But overall, those are good numbers to build off of, especially this late in the season. Tug Valley, one more game before going into postseason play, hosting Westside tomorrow night for senior is it senior night? It's tomorrow night, correct? Yes. So senior night. Sometimes it's Saturday games. you got to. Yeah, we're yeah. Uh, we're honoring the the senior uh, boys basketball, girls basketball, and cheerleaders tomorrow at uh, Tug Valley. So uh, it'll be a special evening for all those kids. Should be a good time in Naugatuck. Jordan, thanks for uh, coming over to set with us. Okay. We're gonna step aside and take a break. Stay put. Well, <laughs> we're gonna step aside and take our third break. When we come back, we'll talk much more high school basketball on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for a high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show tonight. Follow us on Twitter, too, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that has called, sent text, tweets, and emails. We really appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free. 855-784-6677 855-784-6677 Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup You can also text the show Send us a text with your scores 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 Don't forget to poll Join us online This week's question should coaches continue to seed the sectional tournament? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers tonight. Eric Hutchinson, Brooke Campbell, Stacy Taylor, Crystal25275, and Zach Davis. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. 
This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. This is the fastest three hours in radio. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Rick Marone. Guys, we're almost one full hour in already. It's uh, just, just rolling <laughs> along by. here on this basketball <laughs> Friday night in West Virginia. We'll go back to the phone lines in just a moment. Uh, as we're getting uh, Fred Persinger in a second ready to go with us here in, in, a, in a minute. Uh, but Martinsburg's boys tonight go to 20-0. and 0. That's unreal. After football team. <laughs> Same went undefeated. 14-0. And, and how, won how many straight games? Uh, <laughs> a over, bunch. More than 40 now. Yeah, was... And I believe it's 42, I think. But, I mean, when you get to that big of a number, it's easy to – Miss a game or two here or there. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you talk about uh, teams that don't dodge anybody. I mean, Martinsburg boys basketball, they travel anywhere, anytime. I mean, they've been all over the country taking people on. And uh, Coach Rogers does a great job up there, and uh, they don't know what the word L or the, the letter L <laughs> means up there. They haven't lost in a long time. There's, n- there's never been, to my uh, – Knowledge, and I've looked using the research of several of the people that we talk about who who research this in depth. I don't believe that we've had an undefeated boys basketball state champion the same school year that they finished undefeated and won the football title. So Martinsburg is getting close to giving itself a chance. Now, there's a lot to a lot of basketball to be played um, when you talk about that. Um, section and that region um, Hedgesville, Musselman, you're probably going to beat one of them because mm-hmm. they'll probably play each other before you, so you probably won't have to beat both of them but still it's just it's fascinating to me that uh, that we're talking about this because th- <laughs> this day and age there's maybe not the amount of parity that uh, maybe we would like for there to be in some instances but I believe in AAA for the most part Martinsburg's been the dominant football program. Basketball, though, has been fairly open. Huntington's been the most consistent, and most of these years that Huntington's been, you know, rolling into a state title game, they've gone on a run late <laughs> in the year. Yeah. Yeah, GW has been a, a powerhouse in boys' basketball, but still yet, there's always those years. Uh, I think of the year Hedgesville won the, won the state title. So uh, it, it's, it's a tough task, and I, I think sometimes not that people don't appreciate it, but I don't think people really realize kind of the special things that are going on when you look at that type of a run that the Bulldogs are on. I'd like to know what's in the water up there. You, know? <laughs> you want some, right? <laughs> hey, I think I think we'd all take some high quality H two O back to our alma maters for uh, for that. But you know, tomorrow MSAC Night of Champions, South Charleston Community Center, big game in the MSAC. Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles of Beckley, will take on. George Washington, that that'll be a fantastic ball game to watch. And you know who's going to have a front row seat? Fred Persinger the second of WJLS and Beckley, voice of the Flying Eagles. He joins us now on the program. And Fred, I'm excited for that game, and I won't even get to go to it. Hey, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, and, and the great thing about it for uh, the Beckley uh, fans is the fact that the girls are playing in the championship game right before the boys. Uh, so. First time ever since Becky's been the MSAC that the girls and boys both be playing in championship games tomorrow night. So it's a good time, and uh, it's going to be a good game. And uh, 
interesting to see what happens uh, the second time these two teams play. It's been nearly a month since the Flying Eagles boys basketball team has lost. This is a ball club that last lost to Bluefield back on January 21st at the Brush Fork Armory, and since then have gone on a roll. Yeah, I have winners of eight in a row, and, and, and uh, when you look at those big teams that back these teams during those eight games, I mean, uh, we're coming off uh, two five, top five wins with uh, Wheeling Park and Hurricane, and then uh, feeding uh, South Charleston back on uh, Tuesday night, struggling a little bit at South Charleston, but still it's Beckley and South Charleston, so you always expect a pretty good game. But Beckley's playing a lot better, and, and when you look at the scores of the games, you can tell Beckley's defense is starting to pick up, and that's uh, a very important thing. Uh, for Beckley to make this run is the fact that defense needed to start playing better, and uh, they definitely have done that in the last couple of weeks or so. I think this is a, this is a Woodrow Wilson ball club, a Beckley ball club that, again, had a, a little bit of a slow start by Beckley standards, which are higher than most. Um, I, I think this is actually a team that's flying under the radar a bit, if that's possible. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, Beckley starting off 0-3, which was the first time that happened in school history, and, uh, you know, started off 1-4. and Since that point, uh, they've only lost two ball games, and now sitting at 14-6 and and uh, still have the game tomorrow against George Washington and still have a game next Thursday at Parkersburg South. So uh, still a couple of nice games for Beckley to close out the season. But, you know, Be- Beckley is uh, – they, 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 I think they are a little bit under the radar, but uh, this team is uh, – uh, playing very well. They've got, of course, the solid play all year long. Who, you know, honestly, when you look in Class AAA, I don't know two other guards are playing better right now than Danny Bickey and Bryce Radford. And um, those two kids definitely deserving a first team All State honors. And then uh, we always look for somebody else to step up. And during this winning streak, uh, six of those eight games that Beckley has won, Micah Hancock has come up and scored in double figures. And uh, a couple of games got close to a double double with steals and points. So, uh, Mike has been that young man that really stepped up. And then the freshman, Maddox McMillan, has stepped up the past couple of games for Beckley as well. So uh, Beckley's starting to grow up a little bit, and uh, I think that's uh, that's one reason why Beckley's getting ready to make this run. And this will be a great matchup of guards. When you talk about tomorrow, uh, George Washington beat Woodrow Wilson back on January the 11th. And uh, Bunky Brown had a, had a big game for GW in that game, and he's someone who has a, a name throughout the, the state in terms of his guard play. This should be a great matchup as well uh, in this second time around after uh, GW got the first win, 76-68, in the South Hills of Charleston. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And it is going to be a good guard matchup, whether it's uh, Bryce or Danny or even Micah uh, guarding Bunky. I think it's going to be a good matchup. And in that first meeting, and I talked to Coach today at practice, and uh, we were talking about wanting to see how Beckley's defense really has improved because in the first meeting, uh, Bunky Brown went to the free-throw line 20 times, uh, and that can't happen. You can't let him go to the free-throw line and get free, uh, 20 free-throw attempts in the game. And, and coaches felt like a lot of that was done because Beckley wasn't playing uh, the type of defense they think they could play. Well, now that Beckley's playing a little bit better defense, it'd be interesting to see uh, how they guard Bunky uh, and try to slow him down. There's no doubt about it. When you look at George Washington, it's, it's the way that Bunky Brown goes, and uh, he is definitely going to be the key for Beckley to try to stop tomorrow night if Beckley wants a chance to win. Fred, I envy you getting to call that game. Hey, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and it's a lot that, you know, when you look at it, I mean, it's, it's a big game not only just because, you know, uh, Beckley, you know, sets goal every year. And every year is, a, you know, a goal to win a big Atlantic Classic and, and win uh, the MSAC and then trying to move on, win a sectional tournament, regional tournament, state tournament. That's their goals every year. So they get a chance to do that. But also from the standpoint of, if you start looking ahead a little bit and coaches and, and will start, you know, rating regional teams and state tournaments, if 
Beckley can continue this role and get a win tomorrow night over Park or over uh, Green or over, <laughs> over uh, George Washington, and then turn around and beat Parkersburg South on the road, and then get on a roll in the tournament to win section regions. Beckley could be looking at a top two or three seed uh, in the Class AAA tournament. And that's amazing when you think of it as a team that started off the season one and three and or zero and three and one and four. Uh, that they could be looking at that. But when you look at the teams that Beckley would have to beat to get there, um, I think that's a real possibility for the Beckley team. Should be a heck of a lot of fun as we go down the stretch here of the high school basketball season. Fred Persinger the second voice of the Beckley Flying Eagles, WJLS Radio in Beckley. Thanks so much for joining us, Fred. All right, no problem. Thank you, guys. All right. I always enjoy talking with Fred. and um, He, like I said, that, that's a great guard matchup tomorrow. Um, Obviously, can't let Blunky Brown get to the free throw line twenty no, times. No, but uh, th- but they're playing really well. They're playing really well, and I tell you what: when you just take a snapshot of Region Three and Boys AAA, those two teams may uh, cross paths again. I mean, they're both in Region Three, and some of the teams that have kind of been the power over the last few years, the Greenbrier East has, has dropped off a little bit. South Charleston, but you got GW Capital a resurgent Princeton team, Joe. And Woodrow sitting fourth in the region right now, but they've won eight in a row, and, and boy, they are they are really starting to click. They're peaking at the right time. And it should be a, a lot of fun at the MSAC Night of Champions tomorrow, South Charleston Civic Center, or Community Center, sorry. South Charleston's a community <laughs> center. I've been there. I know this. It's the bubble. Yes, the bubble. Playing in the bubble tomorrow. The right? double bubble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are there are several games again for Woodrow Wilson fans. What a, what a treat! You can see the girls team play in the MSAC championship game immediately before the boys. Yeah, and I tell you, their, their girls teams have done a great job this year, and uh, uh, they, their coaches have really got that program rolling in the right direction. Chance to get a big win tomorrow. Should be a whole lot of fun. That's our first hour already in the books. When we come back, we will talk with Johnny Williamson, head coach of the Chapmanville Lady Tigers. It was so nice to have his interview cut short with us last week and join us back again this week. We'll give him full time. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. Of course, you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 97.1 FM, 1360 AM, WHJC and Mate One. You can also listen to us on 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7, Jack FM, WQWVN Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's Home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood Ripley. You can also hear us on Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. We're on Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. We're also on The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM, 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. You can hear us on Light Rock, 
93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmond. Beckley. We're also on WIPLP Clay, WASPLP Huntington, WVWPLP in Wayne, WFGH in Fort Gay, and Marshall University's flagship station. You can hear us in Huntington on the cutting edge. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Proud supporter of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum honors the father of black history and proudly serves as a forum for issues of importance to Marshall University in the tri-state area. Please visit www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. That's all one word, Woodson Lyceum, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-L-Y-C-E-U-M. And follow our tweets for major events during February including the story behind the new and popular African-American Museum in Washington on February 19th. Educators will find information about a summer institute for West Virginia teachers, and students will learn about a summer workshop for them, all at www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. The Lyceum was founded in 2016 by the Drinko Academy and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, hour number two. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and the coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels, Rick Marone. Sometimes we forget to give him the proper introduction. <laughs> coach. Like that. The coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels. We're having a very good season this year. Uh, we'll talk much more about the Lady Rebels and their sectional uh, alignment here in, in, in a little bit. We, we've got a lot to get through. <laughs> we got. I want to. I want to talk with Johnny Williamson here in just a minute of the Cardinal Conference champion girls basketball team at Chapmanville. Uh, but we have to do a scoreboard. We're, we're a little bit behind on that. So let's get another check of our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Joe, we'll turn you loose with the boys. All right. Uh, the, taking a look at the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Uh, scores from across the state in the MSAC tonight. It was Ripley knocking off Riverside, 81-45. Also, these first four games are also from that tournament. Huntington knocked off South Charleston, 81-56. And a close one, it was Spring Valley winners over Parkersburg Big Reds, 74-71. And the Hurricane Redskins picked up a win over St. Albans, 60-46. It was East Hardy picking up a win tonight over Moorfield, 73-64. And a Boone County Classic, it was the Van Bulldogs knocking off Sherman 56-47. Lighthouse Academy winners tonight over Union 72-47. Nicholas County, the Grizzlies go 12-7 on the season, picking up a win over Midland Trail 69-63. East Fairmont 
winners tonight over Liberty Harrison, 57-46. It was the Chapmanville Tigers going to 18-2 on the season and picking up the win over Sissonville, 79-53. It was the Irish over the Irish, Notre Dame, winners tonight over Charleston Catholic, 81-75. Greater Beckley winners tonight over Westside, 73-47. Greenbrier West continued their winning ways with a win tonight over Meadow Bridge, 76-47. Over in the Eastern Panhandle, it was the Jefferson Cougars over Hampshire, 61-43. It was the Harmon Panthers. Well, actually, they're showing it being tied at this point, so we'll come back to that score. Uh, Harmon and Pawpaw playing up in the north uh, eastern part of the state tonight as well. Hedgesville picks up a win over Musselman, 51-45. Shady Springs goes to 16-4 on the season with a victory over Independence, 73-45. It was the Lincoln Cougars knocking off Tucker County, 52-45. The Man Hillbillies fall to Polka tonight. The Dots picking up the win, 72-47. Bluefield, the Beavers, winners tonight over Mount View, 81-43. Oak Hill goes to 16-4 on the season with a victory tonight over Pikeview, 84-65. Also over in the Eastern Panhandle, Spring Mills picks up a win over Washington, 67-52. And a close one, it was Summers County. The Bobcats pick up a win tonight over Valley Fayette, 58-54. Tug Valley knocks off St. Joe tonight on the boys' side, 88-56. It was Martinsburg. Remaining undefeated at 20-0 with a victory tonight over South Hagerstown, Maryland, 84-47. It was Clay Battelle picking up the win tonight over Buckeye Local of Ohio, 68-56. Indian Creek, Ohio knocks off Magnolia, 53-43. Martins Ferry, Ohio fall tonight to the Weir Red Raiders, 80-54. John Marshall victors tonight over Edison Local, Ohio, 67-61. And it was the Golden Tornadoes of Kaiser knocking off Philip Barber tonight, 70-49. Coach Marone, girl school. Now that Joe's done the heavy lifting, That's I'll right. uh, swoop in for the uh, relievers role. Uh, one-stop shopping here at basketballnight.com, scoreboard update. And on the girls' side tonight, we actually have two sectional games underway tonight. Work County hosting Wahama and Calhoun County. The Red Devils hosting the Ravenswood Red Devils. So a lot of pitchforks in that gym tonight. Waiting on scores on both of those. The finals we do have Rose Hill Christian over Hannon, 52-32. Oak Hill Red Devils, 53-48 over Midland Trail. Wyoming East, a big win on senior night, 64 or excuse me, on the final regular season game for Wyoming East, 64-26 over Nicholas County, Washington 59, Hampshire 54, Princeton 54-34 winners over Shady Springs, Bluefield, that score still at the half, waiting on an update. They were leading Summers County 40-31 at the half, and Huntington St. Joe falls to National Christian Academy of Maryland 57-54 tonight, and that's a look at your scoreboard update. Thank you very much, guys, and and when it comes to the girls' postseason in Class AA Region 4, I think many people will concur that the top of that region is full of teams that are of very similar caliber. I think that's going to be a dogfight for whomever gets out of there. Um, you've got you know, state-ranked teams 
in Wayne, Winfield, Sissonville, and one that should have been ranked, quite frankly, throughout the season, Chapmanville. And John Nitro. Was, Nitro, about Nitro. Nitro has with played the late season fantastic yeah. down the stretch, yeah. but lost their last game yeah. to Sissonville. Wow, it's so difficult to, <laughs> to line those teams up. One of the people that had the uh, – Front row seat. What, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? He had the uh, the unenviable task of just trying to rank these teams for the seeding purposes, but his team winning the Cardinal Conference with a win over Winfield last night. Head coach of the Chapmanville Lady Tigers, Johnny Williamson, joins us on the program. Coach, thanks for coming back with us tonight. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And it was coming back after a good win, so uh, that always makes it a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, there you go. Great win uh, for your ball club uh, over Winfield to clinch the Cardinal Conference. And that's a conference that's very good. Very good. Uh, you know, off season long, our girls have kind of looked at the standings, and they've seen three, four, sometimes five teams ranked ahead of us. And, uh, and I told them, don't get your head down. You know, just keep winning, and that stuff will take care of itself. And you know, the only double A school that we've lost to this year in the state is uh, is Wayne at Wayne, and that's not a terrible loss early in the season. You know, we won thirteen out of fourteen. Our only loss was to Huntington High. So, you know, I think we're playing good at the at the right time, and I think our girls is prepared and ready. We have five seniors. We had two girls this year. I think you've had them on the show already, and uh, Madison Webb and Kaylee Blair, who both scored a thousand points both post players, so we feel pretty good about where we're at. Coach, if you look at your record, you take that one loss out to Huntington, you guys would be undefeated in 2019. But just, you know, what changed the complexity of this team? You kind of you started out fairly well and then got a little cold there, uh, you know, right at the end of the year. But, man, i tell you what, after the new year rolled in, you guys have been hot. We're playing really well. Uh, we went up to uh, – Morgantown and played a couple AAA schools, and of course that competition's a little bit tougher. Uh, and that's what we've done it for. You know, last year our schedule was not near as tough, and tournament time rolled around, and and we lost first game of section. And I was like, you know, something has to be done different this time around. And I think the way to do that is to challenge my girls and, and let them know what it's going to be like come tournament time. You know, you have to step up and be willing to lay it all out on the line. I've got girls that can score. You know, every night, I don't know if you guys look at the box or not, but uh, every night we got six, seven girls that, that you have no idea who's going to lead us in scoring each night. And that's, uh, that's a great option to have. You know, uh, Nitro's got Goins, who does really good, and Arthur at Sissonville, and you know, some great players. But, uh, you know, we've got some depth, and, and it makes it a little bit easier to coach when uh, people can't take certain stuff away from you. Coach, you talk about you've got six or seven girls on the team that could be the leading scorer. But you just had, like you mentioned, two girls score a thousand points in their career. That's almost unheard of, especially being on the same team and in the same class. And and both post players, and uh, one of them done it uh, one day, and, and the other one done it the next day. I mean, back to back. That's how close they were. When Kaylee Blair made it to a thousand, Madison Webb was seven points away. I mean, it's just unbelievable that those girls have been that close and. You know, those girls can't get those opportunities if you don't have guards that can get them the ball in the post. So they've been fortunate to play together, and uh, I've been fortunate to have them for three years. It's made it, uh, made it a blessing in disguise. Your guard play has been uh, pretty good, too. When you talk about ability to shoot from the outside, uh, Allie Williamson obviously is uh, someone who, who comes to mind as a, at times a knockdown shooter. Reese Ellis, who 
might be the best three-point shooter in the school for anyone, uh, boys or girls. And, uh, you know, you're just talking about uh, you have uh, – Olivia Dalton does a fantastic job uh, out the point. You have a, a very complete starting five. We do, and we've got a couple of girls that come off the bench, and uh, Abby Myers and uh, Shea Pridemore. And, you know, I've got 10 girls on the team. We're not real deep this year, but they can all play. Uh, we we use them all at times, and, and they all come off the bench and give us something. And uh, But, you know, that's what you look for as a coach, to not have a whole lot of letdowns, because if you make it to Charleston, you know, and play three days in a row, you, you got to have that. Or you don't have a chance of winning. Hey, Coach uh, Coach Marone here. Congratulations on the conference championship. And uh, how important is it uh, as you're peaking here late in the year to try and get through that sectional? Not going to be easy. I know you swept uh, Logan in the regular season, but tournament time coming up. Uh, to be able to maybe survive that half of that region, and if you get to the regional, be able to play at, uh, at home there in Chapmanville, how important would that be? Well, you know, our boys have had the home region game several times here. I was on the boys' staff when they had their first home region game. And as far as I know, Chapmansville girls have never had a home region game. And, Coach, you know that that's very important to get a chance to do that at home. Two years ago, we went to Winfield and lost. And then last year, we got upset early in the section. So that would be big for our girls to get to have a home home game, home region game. I think it would be good atmosphere. Uh, And that's what you fight for all year is to have that opportunity. Coach, I'm not going to wade too deep into this in terms of asking for how you voted. That wouldn't be (laughs) fair on my part. I do want to ask, though, about the difficulty of seeding the teams within your region in this year where you had, you know, three or four teams on the opposite side of of your section that you have to seed also that were so close to each other in terms of their resumes. How difficult was that to to kind of just put it together and come up with – you know, a, a seating order that you were comfortable with making sense. Well, it was extremely difficult. You know, you Nitro had beat Winfield, and Winfield had uh, had success against Sissonville, and then Sissonville had won some games also. I, I don't think there's any way that you could have voted those teams and been wrong. I think it just would have been a matter of what uh, formula you used to look at them, honestly. Uh, you know, I don't – and on our side – of the conference uh, or region, we do not, our section, we do not play at home. So the higher seed really doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Now, on that side, seeding was very, very important because, you know, if you get a home court game uh, and you have to go to Wayne, you know, they have a tremendous crowd and support, and, you know, that's a hard place to play, and so forth with uh, Winfield, Sissville, and Nitro. So, it was extremely difficult. You know, I I asked all my assistant coaches, guys, let's just all sit down together and write this down the best we can because I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to make a judgment call and what wouldn't do another girl or team wrong at all. But I don't think you could have went wrong. I think it was that close, honestly. I completely agree with you on that. Coach Johnny Williamson of the Chapmanville Regional Lady Tigers, the number one seed in the Class AA Region Four Section 2 tournament coach williamson congratulations on winning the cardinal conference and i uh, wish you the best make it to uh run across you again here in a few weeks well we hope so we, we hope to continue to be playing for a while all right that's johnny williamson head coach of the chapmanville regional lady tigers one of my favorite teams to watch when i've uh over the years watching them come into wayne and just uh, the way they play is a very 
kind of a rough and rugged style sometimes, but uh, he does a really good job with those girls. Yeah, he's done a, a good job, Joe. I know uh, probably uh, seen them uh, quite a bit, uh, but uh, Coach Williamson, a first-class uh, coach, first-class person, and he's really got that program uh, heading in the right direction. Yeah, and the and the – I love going to Chapmanville and watching ball game. Just the atmosphere is just great down there as well. They got you know a lot of community support. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, Benitez Jackson, head coach of the Oak Hill Red Devils boys team, they're playing excellent basketball right now. We'll talk with him when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. We're basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious. It's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, and we want you to visit the basketballnight.com website. Lots of stuff there for you, video, audio, and, of course, the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. You can watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. All it takes is one click to watch. We're also on Facebook, Periscope. If you have Twitter, we're there, too, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. If you're watching our high-definition video stream, you see a lot of pictures people have sent into them, and we want to feature your pictures also. Send them to us by Twitter, Facebook. You can also email them to us. Scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers. Tucker, Amber, Rick Burby, Nick. Wow. Nick, I think he's part of the crew here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-18 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Day after Valentine's Day. What a day that is. <laughs> I seen a buddy of mine going into the flower shop today, and I hollered. I said, hey, you're a day late. And he said, no, I'm just stopping to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, t- today, as I, I, lo- I like to joke, was um, chocolate markdown day. It's always it's good, good and if you go right after Halloween, you can yeah, kind of yeah. clean up, too. Stock up for next that. Year. Not that I've ever done that, but, you know, kind of ends up on the discount right. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. have a little patience. Right? I mean, it's just a day. I mean... <laughs> exactly. 
today was another day. What was different about today than yesterday? Chocolate's still just as good. Chocolate's just as good, exactly. And hey, I got to share this real quick. <laughs> My son ordered his girlfriend some of the the strawberries you order, you know, through the mail. Took them six days to get here. They were a little squished when they arrived, to say the least. However, they did make them up. So. That, that's fascinating. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I understand, but ordering strawberries through the mail just seems a little. Uh, it's a little risky. We'll yeah, put it that I, way. I agree with that. <laughs> Living on but the they edge. are good though. <laughs> yeah, if they're fresh when they're <laughs> within the twenty-four hours. All know. right, this is basketball yeah. Friday night in West Virginia. <laughs> there you go. Benitez Jackson is the head coach of the Oak Hill Red Devils. Uh, that's a ball club that has won six in a row. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia and Coach Jackson playing in a very competitive section and region at least with one week to go in regular season play. Your team is playing as well as anyone. Coach Jackson. It's going all very well. We've we've got you now. Sorry about that. Yeah, we've got you now. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think I think we're playing pretty well. You know, we've had some big wins the last uh, the last couple of weeks uh, against Bluefield and Wyoming East. Um, and but uh, you know, we played tonight against Titan. You didn't play very well in the first half, but uh, came out pretty strong in the second half. We was able to do that. Uh, we were able to get that win. But uh, you know, I think we're you know we got some areas of improvement. But I think we're just as good as anybody else in our region. Coach, just looking at your schedule, you know, you guys had a pretty good season, and, and the, the, the teams that the, the L's out there by is, you know, some pretty powerful AAA schools. So, you know, you've thrown some competition in the mix there throughout the season in your schedule. Yeah, definitely. We, um, you know, going into the season, I, I wanted to challenge our team. Uh, I was a little worried that I overscheduled a little bit there uh, when the season first started, but. You know, we played George Washington well, you know, early in the year. You know, we were up by three with, uh, you know, three or four minutes to go with the ball and turned had a couple of turnovers and fouls. Uh, and we got on capital by 14 or 13 or 14 in the second quarter uh, and let them get back in the game. So, you know, we you know, we played. You know, we wanted to challenge ourselves. Uh, I have a six-delayed team, so I wanted to make sure they were, and, uh, you know, ready to go. And, and hopefully it picked up. Um, with them facing some adversity early in the season, it pays off toward the end. And, Coach, you talk about wanting to have your team going at the right time. I think very few things illustrate just how competitive that section region are more than just looking at the fact that on January 30th in the Raleigh County Armory in the Big Atlantic Classic, you lost by 20 to Wyoming East. And then two weeks later, you beat Wyoming East by three. It's a it's a section region where every night in if you don't bring it you get beat. Yeah, I think our guys. I, mean, I thought they knew that in the beginning, but uh, you know, just about a week before that, uh, before they beat us by twenty, we were uh, we beat them at home uh, by one. Uh, so at their place by one, and then they come back and beat us by twenty, uh, and then like you said, we just beat them by three uh, this past week. So. It's very competitive. Uh, you know, it's, it's really good teams uh, in our region. If you look at the uh, the rankings when they came out, what last, this past week, uh, the fourth, fifth, and sixth team in the rankings uh, were all in our region. So, and only two of us can go to state tournament. So, it's it's really competitive um, in our region. So, if you don't bring it, you're, you're going to be going home early. 
And obviously, this is a, a fun time of year. It can also be a nerve-wracking time of year. You talk about having a senior-laden ball club. Is that it's good for experience? But I've also got to think that it can kind of get in these kids' minds that uh oh, you know, if something doesn't go right here, it's it's all over. I think that can almost play both ways. Yeah, it can play both ways if you're if you're not if you don't know how to handle that. And I think that uh, I'm hoping we've talked about that with our kids that. You know, this is it is over if they don't get it done this time. And so it, it, it's kind of an all or nothing. But you don't want to put that pressure on them where they feel like they can't. Uh, if they make a mistake, then it's going to go down that road. Um, so, you know, we've tried to play that balance. And that's what, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to schedule tough because we, you know, we were 21 and 2 last year and, and didn't make it to the state tournament. Um, got beat by Bluefield. So we wanted to be able to face them adversely early in the year. We knew we had some games on our schedule that if we didn't play well, we were going to get beat. And if we didn't do the little things, we were going to get beat. But also, we didn't want to be in a situation where we felt like if we did make mistakes, that we couldn't fight back and um, and win and win ball games uh, that way as well. Red Devils will close out regular season play on Tuesday night at Liberty Raleigh. Oak Hill on the season is. 16 and 4, also within Region 3, Bluefield at 14 and 2, but Oak Hill just beat them. Shady Spring is 16 and 4. I mean, it's just, uh, you don't have to look very far to see just how competitive that region really is. Coach Benitez Jackson of the Oak Hill Red Devils, thanks for joining us tonight. All right, I appreciate you guys. All right, take care. And, uh, you. you know, guys, I mean, James Monroe is good too. I mean, <laughs> uh, that. That again, I don't know that the best team in Double A is there. I mean, I, I kind of think Chapmanville is a step ahead, and Fairmont Senior is a maybe a eighth of a step behind them, and and then maybe Logan's right there too. But you know, that doesn't mean that the route to Charleston can't be extremely entertaining, and I think it will be in, in Region Three and Double A. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. As far as the depth in that region, I think that stacks up with about any region in AA. Obviously, like you said, there's kind of the marquee teams that get a lot of the press. But uh, Oak Hill, uh, if if the Red Devils uh, appear in the Convention Center, Coliseum, whatever you're calling it tonight, (laughs) they will have earned their way there. And I think that's what's made Region 3 so successful when they've gotten there is, man, you got a battle to get there. They are battle-tested, and they've got to really be playing well to the best time. And, Joe, there might be other ones that have the more marquee teams, but as far as the murderer's row, uh, that section in Region and Region 3 is uh, is right up there. Yeah, definitely in AA and in Region 4 as well. So Yeah. And that should be a lot of fun as that goes along, too. We'll talk with Jared Robertson, head coach of, uh, or coach of Greenbrier West. Uh, Wes McKinney will talk with uh, him. We'll also talk with Craig Dutton in just a couple of moments. But first, we do want to introduce you to our uh, standout athlete of the week. This week he is from Oak Glen High School. His name is Ethan Travis, a three-year starter for the Golden Eagles. Um, Golden Eagles? No. <laughs> You're going to hear that by mistake, by the way. And I, I just want to point that out, that that was a mistake. And we apologize for that. The Golden Bears of Oak Glen. Um, in the Newell area, the extreme northern panhandle of West Virginia. That's about as far as you can go mm-hmm. in that direction. Um, but Oak Glen, a, a, a fun 
a fun team over the years in terms of you don't necessarily see them often. You've seen them in the girls' state tournament, yeah. but um, you know from a boys' basketball perspective, they don't make it to Charleston every year. It's not a regular uh, team, but uh, still doesn't mean they don't have talent. You know, Ethan Travis is one of those young men. He hopes to play basketball at Point Park University, which I never heard of until about four years ago. And now I know two people who are from there who in my, in my works, on my day, well, my night job, I work overnight, <laughs> but in, in, my, uh, in my other line of work, which is actually my main line of work, so to speak. We'll just leave it at that. But um, The one that pays the bills. Right? There you go. But that, when, you, yeah. when you tease out there with a night job. <laughs> exactly. And it's my line of work. We're trying to help you out you there. Know, uh, okay. We'll leave that to their imagination. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I work in television. It airs in the morning. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. That, wow. I, that did sound really bad. Yeah, you walked right in. I'm like, are you going to leave that there? I, you know, I've got nothing. But uh, – our, our standout athlete, Ethan Travis, also excels in um, the sports he plays, which are football and basketball. But he also carries a 3.75 GPA, and that's something that's very important. You have to, you have to get it done in the classroom to be our standout athlete of the week. Andrew Rogers has more now with Ethan Travis. Every leader on a team always has unique qualities that they can bring to the table to help the team succeed. When one leads by example, one creates a picture of what's possible and it makes it easy for others to follow. Leading others by his example is what makes Ethan Travis this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Oakland Golden Bears senior forward Ethan Travis is averaging a double-double in points and rebounds the past two seasons. His best game of the year was against Weir High a couple of weeks ago when he scored 24 points and pulled down 24 rebounds. Travis claims his experience in having good players around him have contributed to his success on the floor. I try and be a leader and hustle a lot, and so just sometimes get easy buckets off rebounds and then shooting a couple times. I can shoot sometimes, and then just having good shooters on our team helps me get the ball more because they can't just like sit in a zone and guard me the whole time. Standing at six foot five, Travis has relied upon heavily to grab a majority of his team's rebounds. His head coach, Jerry Everly, says it is comforting to know that Travis has proved to be a reliable rebounder for the team. Well, it sure is nice having someone that's going to get that defensive rebound for you. I mean, we're really going to miss that next year. It's just he he's there. He's just that catalyst in there that when the shot goes up and they miss it, he's going to get that rebound. And that's something that you sometimes you take it for granted. And, uh, you know, you automatically assume you're going to get that rebound and go the other way. Teams haven't been able to really – we haven't been hurt by a lot of offensive rebounds and putbacks from other teams. So that's been something we've really been able to rely on. Everly says that Travis's involvement in playing AAU basketball during the summer and being a three-year starter has keyed his success. Uh, this year, it's, it's been a calmness and a confidence that he's brought. Um, you know, he started as a sophomore for us, and he, he's an emotional player. And he would sometimes get, you know, get himself out of the game a little bit, you know, maybe a foul that wasn't called or, you know, maybe a shot that didn't fall. He would, you know, let it get to him a little bit. It affected him some. His junior year, he he battled that some a little bit with us. But uh, this year has been nothing but a maturity that he's developed. And I think that happened over the summer with the confidence that he can play with some big-time competition. And that's carried over into this year 
and leads us by example. He's not a real vocal kid, but just by working hard and getting after it. Notably, Travis excels in both basketball and football. He has been recognized for his performance by receiving All-State Honorable Mention in both sports. Travis says playing football and basketball has complemented each other. Getting a little stronger, getting a little bit more physical inside, it's definitely helped me. Football's definitely helped me in basketball. And then basketball's also helped me in football with just getting more athletic, still just lifting and getting, getting stronger. When Travis is not shining on the football field or on the basketball court, he is volunteering with the Oakland Junior High Bears football program. He says he wants to set an example for the younger kids, just as upperclassmen did when he was in junior high. Whenever I was little, there would always be high school kids helping, helping me when I was little, and it was always a great thing to see them come down because you, you went out and watched them on Friday night. With Oakland sitting at a record of 15-4, and four, the Golden Eagles will attempt to not repeat a first-round sectional loss last season and hopefully make it out of the sectional tournament. Travis's success will play a major factor in his team's success. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Andrew Rogers. Thank you very much, Andrew. We've got to step aside, take a break. The calls are lining up. We'll have a full list of callers. So they're in queue. We've got to get them through here. So we need this break. We'll come back. We'll get to Jared Robertson of Greenbrier West, Wes McKinney of Princeton, Craig Dutton, WXCR, and Rich Stevens, assistant coach at Valley Fayette High School. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent text tweets and emails, and sent us pics so that we can feature them in our high-definition video stream. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Text the show. You can text the scores and details about the game. 304-249-4924. Send us a text at 304-249-4924. Go to our website. Check out the scoreboard and find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Don't forget our poll question. Should coaches continue to seed the sectionals uh, tournament? Give us a yes or no. Go to our website and you'll find the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Shout out to Alex Crum, Jake Adkins, Clyde Farley, Debbie Mark, Dog Zoned, and Jay Hatfield. They're part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. We don't want to keep our callers waiting. Let's jump right back to the phone lines here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Jared Robertson, head coach of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers boys basketball team, joins us now on the program. And Coach, first off, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Y'all are having a lot of fun tonight. It's good to hear. Hey, we, sometimes it's at my expense. You know what? That's okay. As long as we're having fun, that's all I care about. Hey, your team's having a lot of fun, too. Four straight wins and a sixteen or 17-4 and four record as uh, postseason play draws near. Yeah, we're really um, – just feel like we've put a lot of things together here lately and doing a lot of things well. Um, not that we can't improve and not that we're – going to strive to keep improving and get ready for the tournament but i just can't say enough about our kids they just they just have fun and they play together and we're just doing a lot of things well and it's i told our radio guys tonight after the game i'm just the guy lucky enough to to be standing there enjoying it so i'm just really proud of how hard they've worked this entire season 76 47 win tonight over meadow bridge and the last loss was a three-point loss to Shady Spring, who is a very good AA Region 3 team. And speaking of Region 3 and being very good, you are in a region with Webster County, who's undefeated, Greater Beckley Christian, who is 16-5, and and your ball club at 17-4. and One of you all, at least one of you, can't make it to Charleston. Yes, it's kind of unfortunate. We've had a lot of years where... I feel like this team that we have this year would have been head and shoulders above the other teams in our region. But this year, there's just so many good teams that when the tournament gets here in a couple weeks, it's going to be a challenge every night. That's why we toughened up our schedule this year. We knew that these teams were going to be high quality, and we wanted to have ourselves ready to have a chance. And I think we've done that. It's just a, a matter of us going out and executing and doing things right when the tournament gets here. Your ball club has had a lot of success over the course of the year and has played a difficult schedule over the course of the season as well. And you get ready for a game with Richwood next week. And, and, you know, postseason seedings coming out uh, on Tuesday as well. How important is that within the layout of your region and within the layout of your sectional tournament? Well, we were a little worried the flu bug hit Charmco this week. Uh Um, we actually played tonight and last night without two starters, and it it just it just shows how hard our kids have worked. That we had some young guys that don't play varsity very much at all that had some extra minutes, and we had a lot different rotations the last two nights. We were playing Midkiff, our star point guard, off the bench the last two nights because he had the flu all week and just came back yesterday. So it's been a challenging week, but. Then you look at the box score and you see how our kids have just bought in and, and playing their roles, and it's just been fun to watch. And hopefully we can get healthy over the next week and get another win for Richwood. But, you know, seeding is tough. I heard you guys talk about the question of should coaches be seeding. I think it's really tough. We had a roundtable discussion with several of us today looking at the seeding in our region, and it's almost impossible to do. We have so many teams that are close to each other and – They've beat up on each other, and I don't know a good way to do it. I understand why coaches are doing it, but I sure wish there was a better way without us having a hand in it. Maybe we can eventually get to 
fixing the schedules where it kind of lines up. But that's also hard too. That's not that's not an easy thing to do necessarily. <laughs> but you know, just to try to let it play out its own and, and do it co- sort of like a you have with conference tournaments in college basketball where they're they're seated based on their conference records. And you know that that might be something down the road. But uh, that's not easy to get to either. Of course, then you have makeup games and. I mean, I, I don't envy you, Coach. That's what I'm getting at. I don't envy you from that. I do envy you getting to, to watch the success that your team is having and, and getting you know, a front row seat with that and being a big part of it, too. But, uh, I mean, good grief. I think sometimes coaches catch a little bit of flack completely unfairly for, uh, for the jobs they do. And uh, I just I, I can't imagine trying to seed certain sections this year or regions this year. I just think it's almost impossible. But uh, Coach Greenbrier West, 17-4, looking for win number 18 on Tuesday night. Thanks so much for joining us. Guys, you look up to last year, Greenbrier West won 18. You tell me what that was. That's your uh, quiz question for me for next week. <laughs> you know, we'll put our best Thank people on it. Hey, thanks so much. Cause, Sounds good. All right, because I actually did look around. I was like, I don't, know th- I don't know how we'll find that one out. But you know what? <laughs> I know the people to put on that. So uh, that, that's, our, that's our goal now. We know people. Find, find the, the last time the Greenbrier West boys won uh, 18. You know what? Let's do uh, one more call real quick before we get to Rich Stevens. And let's have Wes McKinney of um, WAEY. Is that right? In Princeton? Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's right. Hey, out of memory. How about that? Wes, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, guys, how are you tonight? I, I know you guys have been talking about sexual seating all night. Hopefully Princeton winning Wednesday night over Greenbrier East has put to bed any sort of controversy that might have rise uh, in, in Region 3, Section 2. I know there's been a lot of controversy this week, obviously, uh, over there in Region 4 where you guys are at in Class AA. I'm not trying to open up a can of worms. <laughs> I'm just reporting what I saw, and I'm going to be done talking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I... As someone who's sort of in the thick of, of, of it, it, I don't know how it could have been done any better. I mean, it's just everybody had a, had a strong case, and sometimes that's how it is. Talk about the strong case, though. Princeton, 14-6 and six on the season, winners of three straight. And, Wes, I, I, we, you've been a, a faithful caller to this show over the years, and this might be the best Princeton team of the group. Are we talking about a team that maybe – before the season, you were looking at, hey, this is going to be a good team, or has uh, this been a team that's like, hey, this might be a good team that has turned out to be a good team? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. I think that we kind of knew this was Princeton's best shot to make a potential state tournament. I mean, obviously, still a ton of a, a ton of work to do, a ton of way to go. But when you look at Princeton last year, really hung with GW for about. 20 minutes of that regional final game up there on the hill in Charleston, and you thought, okay, you know, maybe some things go right for Princeton, and maybe that game's a little bit closer. And I think it was the week you were out, Ryan, there about two or three weeks ago that I had a conversation with the other guys there that uh, I had a conversation with my broadcast partner, Eric Lester, as we were coming back from GW that night on the turnpike. And I said, if Princeton's not in the same position this this season as they were last season then something has gone wrong and i think princeton has put themselves in position to play 
in, in, in a regional final. Now, obviously, a lot can a lot can happen. I get it, but this is about where we thought Princeton would be. I think this year. Um, big game before the uh, end of the regular season. Kind of a couple of uh, big games first with Nicholas County. Luke LaRose has been out at least recently. Uh, missed their game at George Washington uh, earlier this week, but uh, also a game with. Bluefield, and you know, it feels like Princeton and Bluefield play a lot. This will be the third time they've played this season. Yeah, guys, and you know, I, I know Princeton's not going to win the season series with Bluefield because the Beavers have taken the first two this year. But Princeton would love nothing more, you know, than to try to be sixteen and six heading into sectional play. Of course, that re- would require beating Nicholas County first before you'd have a chance at the Beavers. And I'm interested to see how Princeton plays on Tuesday up at Summersville because obviously that would be after the sectional rankings would come out. And Princeton should be at least the number two seed. I mean, I've seen weirder things happen. But I'm interested to see how Princeton would play on Tuesday up there um, in Summersville. And then, of course, you don't want to get caught looking ahead to sectional play with that game against Bluefield. Um, But obviously a chance to beat your county rival and, you know, kind of get that added bonus of, of that whole series carrying over till the next season. Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton, Voice of the Tigers, as that ball club is trying to get back to Charleston. Uh, it's been a minute. So, uh, which yep. certainly, uh, Wes, we'll talk again next week. Yep. Take care, guys. We'll uh, see you. All right. Thanks so much. Again, Wes McKinney, WAEY. Um, we will talk with Craig Dutton and our resident referee, Bo Anderson, a little bit later on. Uh, in the program right now, let's go right back to the phone lines. You know, there, there, there's a lot to unravel here. You know what? Let's let's take a break. Let's take a break <laughs> because this is yeah, we're going to talk some good stuff. This here. is some good stuff. We'll talk with Rich Stevens. We'll also talk with our standout athlete of the week. We've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> Come back and listen to it all on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Scores online, go to basketballnight.com. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks and the rise of sports-centered online platforms. And ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with a combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Marshall Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's WPH Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Congratulations tonight to Ethan Travis from the Oak Glen Golden Bears. He was part of Basketball Friday Night's choice for Standout Athlete of the Week. 
If you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, and community service. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Coming up nearing 1048 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And uh, what, a, what a night we've had so far here on the program. And what a, what a, you know, there's a lot to talk about with our next guest. I'm going to try to keep it a little bit, you know, put together here, a little organized, because we could talk about a lot of things um, in terms of potential reclassifications, proposals, uh, way, you know, which would, you know, there are some different, we'll call it reforms to the classification <laughs> system. Yeah, okay. that, that seems to be the word. That's, that's around, good. Right? Okay, that's fair it, enough. It would be a reform to the way school. I mean, there's nothing in concrete. Yeah. Right. These are just uh, discussion points, I- ideas in-, in terms of right now. It's just something that's been kind of tossed out there. But uh, in addition to that, he's an assistant basketball coach at a school that's in its last season. Rich Stevens, assistant boys basketball coach at Valley Fayette High School. And uh, he's joined us at the host desk before here on the program. He joins us now. And uh, Rich, first off, welcome back to the show. Hey, Joe, Rick, and Big Epps, how are you? Uh, hey, we're doing, we're doing great. Daddy. We've got, hey, hey you I'm know, I, I've almost made it through all year without that. <laughs> he set me up. <laughs> right. Uh, Rich, we'll, we'll talk about the, the classification idea in just a moment. I want to first talk about your role right now as an assistant boys basketball coach at Valley Fate. You had a nice win over Greenbrier West a, a couple of weeks ago in the Big Atlantic Classic, but also coaching at a school that is in its final year. Um, that's something well, that's, that's a little different. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a challenge uh, because, you know, you think you can go to the locker room before every game, and this is our last year, guys. Leave it all out there, but we've had our struggles, and uh, it hasn't been the best of situations in the final year of the school, but um, the kids are hanging in there, and uh, – you know, we still have some season to go. We have one regular season game before the sectional, so we're trying to keep it together. Um, it'd be nice, like I said, to motivate kids like that, but I, I think Rick knows as well as anybody that sometimes uh, those things just don't work as well as the people on the outside realize. <laughs> Am I right, Rick? <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. I think, uh, you know, Rich, you're the, the you're one of the guys inside that locker room and dealing with young people and uh, – you know, I, I don't envy the task you guys have. There's just a lot of things swirling around. You guys are doing a tremendous job, and uh, uh, there is a lot of uh, juggling that goes on to try and keep uh, kids focused and uh, keep things moving forward with uh, some of the distractions you're dealing with. Well, sure, and we and we lost some kids um, that were going to be coming back because they knew the school was closing, so they went ahead and transferred. Um, you know, and we had we lost some kids for other reasons this year that are actually still at the school. So 
we're a little bit depleted, but the kids that are here are all in, and uh, they're working hard tonight. You know, we only fell by four points to Summers County last time we played them. We let them 15 to nothing, start the game, and ended up losing by 15. So uh, we we cut it down. We cut it to 55-54 tonight. Um, down, we were down 11 with like five minutes left and cut it down to one with like a half a minute left and just couldn't get over the hump. But it was a great effort without one of our starters. So, uh, you know, you want to look at the good points, obviously, and, and capitalize on those and just keep the kids focused and, you know, excited. And sometimes that's difficult. Absolutely a situation that I, I don't I, – I do think that, unfortunately, a lot of people nowadays have been through. Uh, I think people who know me know that I prefer to – I mean, I understand the economics are different, but from a – you know, in a perfect world sense, we wouldn't have to do this. But um, – and I know there are situations where people don't believe it needs to be done anyway, and I completely understand that. Don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. There's, we don't have that much time. But, uh, exactly. But um, there's a there's a floating of a of a proposal of reclassifying teams that uses urban and rural uh, ways to come up with uh, four classifications. And uh, I know you're someone who. Uh, looks at these things and uh, you, know, you kind of educate yourself on how it's planned, look at the motivations for it, and then form your opinion on that. What are your thoughts about this proposal that's kind of floating around right now? Well, even though now I'm coaching at a, uh, a rural <laughs> a rural Class A school, I'm having trouble saying rural, um, <laughs> a rural Class A school, but I mean, that doesn't change my opinion. I think uh, our state is too small and the number of schools should, I mean, but, I mean, let's take, uh, we're talking 120 schools now. Um, I've heard through the grapevine that this four-class system is going to be or considered to be used only for football. Um, I don't think either way it's a good idea because I think it's watering down a state that already doesn't have that many programs. And, I, you know, I believe firmly um, in playing the best. You know, you got to beat the best to be the best. And uh, I think this just waters it down a little too much. You know, I've actually heard that was supposed to be a basketball proposed, re, you know, reclassification. But anyway, you do it. You know, say if it is for football, you got twenty eight teams in one class, and you're going to send sixteen to the state playoffs. Insane, right? Exactly. I mean, I mean, let's let's just tell this. Say what? It's insane. I mean, class AAA. I think. Was it last year or two years ago a, in football a 4-16 and 16 made the playoffs? Is that correct? Yes, sir. I've been a little bit out of the loop since I've been out of the business for three years. But that, to me, that's really – I mean, do, do you not have to earn something? It's kind of like giving everybody a trophy thing, you know? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I don't like the, the lack of balance right now. Uh, like we were talking about just from a basketball sense. If you're in a three-team section in Class AAA and you get the top seed, you have automatically qualified for a regional co-final. You only have to win one game to go to Charleston. Well, you know, when this system was implemented in 2005, the purpose was to try to get the best teams to the state tournament and maintain regional representation. I, I we know, all of us know, that regional representation, I won't live to see that change. And I'm okay with that because, you know, I guess to some extent you want to give everybody a chance, I guess. But um, at the same time, 
this we actually are getting a pretty good eight-team field in the state tournament. Um, there, there's always going to be teams that are left to home through, uh, because of regional representation, but it gives some of the lesser teams a better shot, and I think the cream always rises to the top. So at the end of the day, you know, you got the, the second-place team from one section visiting the first-place team from the other section for a shot at the state tournament. The edge still goes to the sectional champion, but it still gives the other team a shot. I, I really don't have much of a problem with the system the way it is because I'm not sure with regional representation there's anything else they could do. I don't have a problem with the system either. I do think that it wasn't designed for one class to have 29 teams in it, though. I think that's kind of where I agree. that that's where it kind of crosses up a little bit. Um, the, I'm with you. The the rural metro argument I find to be interesting too, and, and you know I'm from Wayne, and so I, I'm more right. familiar with that school in that area. And Wayne is considered by the definition of this a metro school. <laughs> And I, you want to you want to go to Wade Atkins Branch, look a kid in the eye, and tell him he's in a metro area. He's forty five minutes from Wayne. Oh, minute, he's no. over on Ky- in Kaysville. Well, I know, but Rick, I mean, hey, Rick drives to Huntington every week to be on the show. He's, so he's, he's not that far from a metro area. <laughs> been, Rick, I've been waiting to use that. <laughs> That's a good one, Rich. Uh, I agree. <laughs> hey, thank you. I appreciate it. I've been saving that one up. I'm glad it went over well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. But, to, I mean, how do you really classify something as rural and urban in West Virginia? Now, I, I still believe, and, and we don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but the whole public-private thing is, is based strictly on population. You know, it's not based on, uh, you know, what this team gets from this, you know, recruits or whatever the case may be and i think that's the case with everything and it's always going to be an issue public private or not public private but population i mean it's not going to change any if you notice all the teams that are the most the most successful are the ones from the the areas of west virginia who are maintaining population or growing eastern panhandle um even north central west virginia and they maintain success. Rich, I, I hate to cut this short because this is a great discussion. We might we might try to touch on this again next week. We're right up against the break. I've got to do better about getting That's a good, good guest right at the 45 Buffalo. break, but we are up against a hard break. Rich, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Have a good night. Thanks so much. That's Rich Stevens, assistant coach at Valley Fayette, back with our three and our standout athlete of the week after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including 97.1 FM. 1360 AM, WHJC, and Mate One. You can also hear us on WKQV 105KQV 105.5 FM and heard at Braxton County on 106.9 FM. You can also hear us on 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn. 
Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM, The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, LP, Edmund Beckley. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne. 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Proud supporter of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum honors the father of black history and proudly serves as a forum for issues of importance to Marshall University in the tri-state area. Please visit www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. That's all one word, Woodson Lyceum, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-L-Y-C-E-U-M. And follow our tweets for major events during February including the story behind the new and popular African-American Museum in Washington on February 19th. Educators will find information about a summer institute for West Virginia teachers, and students will learn about a summer workshop for them, all at www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. The Lyceum was founded in 2016 by the Drinko Academy and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Rolling right along here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Coach Rick Marone, Joe Linville, all happy to have you along. We want to thank Jordan Mouse for stopping in earlier as he was with Tug Valley as the Panthers played and won tonight at Huntington St. Joe, which is, again, about five blocks away from our studio here back on (laughs) 6th Avenue, uh, just down the road in Huntington on a night where we're expecting some snow. I'm not a weatherman. I'm not going to go farther than that, but... (laughs) We're expecting some snow, and you work it, in the news it, department. It could be a, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> it could be a could be a sloppy night uh, out there tonight. So if, if anyone's out there traveling or getting ready to, certainly uh, do take your time and uh, you know, be prepared for the elements that may greet you. We're going to do a scoreboard update in just a moment, uh, a full scoreboard update in just a moment. We'll also have our standout athlete of the week. But before we do that, right now we have. Our first postseason final score in. Let's go to the score desk to Marcus Constantino. That's right, Ryan. Our first sectional game has gone final. The Calhoun County Red Devils squeak out a win against uh, Ravenswood 44-40 to in single-A Region 4, Section 1. 
so Calhoun County now 13 and 9 on the year. Uh, the Red Devils move on. They will play uh, Williamstown um, on the 19th. If my math is right, that is Tuesday. At uh, 7 o'clock at Williamstown, uh, the Red Devils uh, finish up the season at uh, 1-22. and 22. Yeah, There was an injury to one of their uh, top players coming into this year. She got hurt before the uh, season started, Annie Hunt, and uh, the Red Devilettes just never really got, got going. No, and also, as uh, Marcus was sharing that, the second final came in, and that's the same section. Wahama knocked off Work County in the 4-5 game. They will advance to that 19th uh, semifinals, and they'll take on Parkersburg Catholic, the number one seed. Well, our standout athlete of the week this week is a three-year starter for a ball club that is having a fantastic year. The Oakland Golden Bears are currently 15-4 and in Class AA Region 1. They are uh, looking for an opportunity to make the state tournament uh, this year. They are getting ready for OVAC uh, championship play. They lost their last outing to St. Clairsville, Ohio in the OVAC 4A semifinal. But uh, before that, that broke a, uh, a six-game winning streak that, that, was, that preceded that. And joining us now is Ethan Travis of the Oakland Golden Bears. He is our standout athlete of the week. And Ethan, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. And congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. You do all of the things you do in terms of leading a basketball team that is having a very successful season, and you also keep a 3.75 GPA. I know for some people that can seem easy, but even for the ones that it does seem easy to, it's not. Tell me how you're able to manage your time. Uh, honestly, sports help me a lot with school. Just help me, I don't know, keep my grades up and just, uh, just sports always help. <laughs> always got my mind on things. Ethan, you mentioned you'd like to maybe possibly go on and play basketball at the next level at Point Park University. Tell me, uh, where, first of all, where is Point Park? And number two, uh, what do you think your future may hold as far as a career? Uh, Point Park is in downtown Pittsburgh, and I'd probably major in uh, sports management if I went there. So you want to stay in the athletic field? What you know, as far as your teammates, uh, how do you guys prepare for a game? As far as uh, do you hang out a lot with each other? Do you go eat pizza after practice, or or do you just kind of go your separate ways? Uh, we're all in a group chat, so we all text and just have a good time. We always messing with each other. I know Point Park has produced some some journalists over the years. I've, I've run across a couple of those. But uh, you know, Ethan, when when you're talking about taking a, a an Oak Glen ball club toward the postseason here, um, like a team that like we talked about before, not a regular in Charleston. It's not an every year occurrence for Oak Glen's boys basketball team uh, to make it to the Charleston now Coliseum and Convention Center. Uh, but your your basketball club has an opportunity this year. Yes, Fairmont Senior might be the best team in that region, but um, when you look the rest of the way, Frankfurt's pretty good. Weir's pretty good, and you guys are right in the thick of it, though, to be that perhaps you know uh, have an opportunity to play in the state tournament. Yeah, it's a we uh, made it our goal this year to make our schedule a little harder, play the East Fairmont, play North Marion. And we won both of those, so hopefully we get a good seed and then just see what happens. 
Any game in particular stick out to you at this point this year? Uh, both of the Weirton games, just it's always good to beat them. It's a good rivalry. Rival. Yeah, good rivalry yeah. Uh, for a certain. Ethan Travis, our standout athlete of the week from Oak Glen High School, thanks so much for joining us, and I uh, wish you certainly nothing but the best on and off the court. Thank you. All right. Big thanks to Ethan for joining us there. And um, yeah, before we go back to Craig Dutton and before we go to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, we need to get another check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. We're going to let Coach Marone do the heavy lifting. So first, Joe, give us the girls' scores. All right, taking a look uh, at some girl, uh, scores from the girls' side of the scoreboard, we have two sectional games that are now in the books. And so the postseason is well underway as we roll into mid-February. It was the Wahama Falcons advancing after a win over to the Work County Tigers tonight, 42-26. And Calhoun County knocks off Ravenswood 44-40. Other games across the state tonight, Rose Hill Christian winners over the Hannon Wildcats 52-32. And a close one. We finally got a final on this. It was Harmon knocking off Pawpaw 56-51. It was the Oak Hill Red Devils knocking off the Lady Patriots of Midland Trail 53-48. Wyoming East goes to 19-3 on the season with a win tonight over Nicholas County 64-26. The Washington Patriots knock off Hampshire tonight. 59-54. 59-54. It was the Lady Cougars of Jefferson picking up a win over South Hagerstown, Maryland, 60-30. It was Princeton picking up a win over Shady Spring, 54-34. Bluefield winners tonight over Summers County. The Lady Bobcats fall uh, tonight, 75-68. And a close one, it was National Christian Academy, Maryland, over the St. Joe Irish 57-54, and it was Indian Creek, Ohio, knocking off Magnolia, 53-51. And now the boys' scores on our BasketballNight.com uh, Marshall School of Journalism scoreboard update. Let's look at the MSAC, the MSAC uh, placement games tonight. Of course, that culminates tomorrow evening at South Charleston Rec Center with the championship games in both boys and girls. But tonight in the ninth-place game, Huntington High, 81, South Charleston, 56. Seventh place game, Spring Valley gets a nice win over Parkersburg, 74-71 to 71 over the Big Reds. In the fifth place game, Hurricane 60, St. Albans, 46. All these are final scores. East Hardy, 73-64 over Moorefield. Van, a big Boone County matchup, knocks off Sherman, 56-47. Lighthouse Academy, 72-47 winners over the Union Tigers. Nicholas County, 69. Midland Trail, 63. East Fairmont, the Bees. 57-46 winners over Liberty Harrison. 64-59, Richwood gets a win over Montcalm. Elkins, the Tigers, 74-58 for Buchanan Upshur. Elkins with the win in that one. Chapmanville continues to roll. They get a win, 79-53 over Sissonville in Cardinal Conference play. Notre Dame, 81-75 winners over Charleston Catholic. Greater Beckley, 73, Westside, 47. Greenbrier West, the Cavaliers, with a big win, 76-47 over Meadow Bridge. Tonight, Jefferson, 61-43, winners over Hampshire. Harmon, 56. The Paul Paul Pirates, 51. Hedgesville with a win tonight over Musselman, 51-45. Shady Spring, the Tigers, 73. Independence, 45. The Lincoln Cougars get a win over Tucker County, 52-45 over the Mountain Lions. 
The Scott Skyhawks fall tonight to Logan at home. Logan wins 83-56 to on the road. Poco 72, Man 47. Nitro 84, Mingo Central 69, Bluefield with a big win over Mount View. The Golden Knights fall 81 to 43. Oak Hill, the Red Devils 84 65, winners over Pikeview. Point Pleasant, the Knights get a win over Wahama. A big Mason County matchup there. Point Pleasant 64, Wahama 46. The Washington Patriots come up short tonight. The Springville Cardinals get the win 67 to 52. Summers County, the Bobcats 58 54 over Valley Fayette. Tug Valley, a big win on the road at St. Joe. It's 88-56, the Panthers with the win. Herbert Hoover, the Huskies, 46, Winfield, 40. Martinsburg, up in the eastern panhandle, 84-47, winners over South Hagerstown, Maryland. Buckeye Local, Ohio, falls to Clay Battelle, the Seabees, 68-56, winners. 53-43, Indian Creek, Ohio, knocks off Magnolia. Madonna, the Blue Don, 67-40, winners over Valley Wetzel. Weir, 80, Martins Ferry, Ohio, 54. Payton City gets a nine-point win over 100. They knock off the Hornets, 69-60. to John Marshall, 67. Edison Local, 61. And our final score, Kaiser, the Golden Tornado, 70. Philip Barber, 49. That's a look at your Marshall University School of Journalism scoreboard update. Thanks so much, guys. And, you know, when it comes to postseason basketball, that's when – you know, sometimes you have to wait around a little bit to get onto the program because a lot of things take precedent. <laughs> 48 minutes ago, Craig Dutton called in and said, you know what, I'm going to be on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I've got some stuff I want to talk about with the guys tonight. He's fired up. He was Excited. ready to go. He was ready. Now, 49 minutes later, he is <laughs> We on, probably need to wake him up. <laughs> he is on the program, and I hope he still has the same vigor that he had when he called to begin with. <laughs> I did. I got to enjoy my former classmate, hear him for a little bit from West Virginia State, Rich Stevens. Uh, okay. Me and him were down at West Virginia State the same time a few years back. So um, he was trying to get his degree down at West Virginia State same time. So me and him got to talk a lot about football and basketball, high school sports in West Virginia back when he was still taking courses. So I got to hear a lot of good discussion, especially <laughs> about the new four-class proposals and that, you know, that's going to be talked about for a while. Uh, but that's that's a whole different story. There's a lot to be talked about in terms of postseason ball right now. <laughs> Craig has been listening and has passed the exam. Yeah. Yes, he has. Thank you very much, Craig. I'm, now, I'm <laughs> trying to, at least. It, it, it's still confusing to think about how the new classes are going to be the designed when it's all said and done. Um, but... Honestly, postseason basketball is well under its way. A lot of developing stories up in you know Region One tonight. Uh, the team I used to get to see all the time as a public address announcer at St. Mary's it happened happened at the very last moment uh, for senior guard Addie First. She got her thousandth point tonight in a sixty-seven forty-three win over Valley West on senior night, and that comes the night before St. Mary's will play in the four-five matchup in the sectional tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock back at St. Mary's High School again. So they'll be hosting Peyton City a team that defeated them by over 20 points uh, about middle of the season, and they're trying to avenge that win for the Wildcats earlier this season. So it's it's really crazy to think St. Mary's, you know, just a couple weeks ago won the hit tournament over Tigers Valley, over Cameron. Thing is, they just dug themselves too deep of a hole, and I think I counted up a 2-7 and seven record in Region 1, and you compare that to Ritchie County, which does have a losing record. They're the three-seed. Here's the problem. They have a 4-3 and three record in Region 1 play, so it was an easy vote to give Ritchie County that 
slim uh, lead over St. Mary's, even though Richie has a losing record and St. Mary's stands at 12 and 10 on the season. Tell you what, uh, Craig, uh, that Region One in girls uh, is 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 really loaded, in my opinion. When you look at uh, uh, New Martinsville, there, Magnolia at the one seed, they have some impressive wins this year. And so St. Mary's, you're exactly right. By them being in the four five game, that ends up being a semifinal matchup. And I know they battled uh, the Blue Eagles tough late in the season. Went into New Martinsville, they came up short in that game. But how do you see that shaping out? Because I tell you what, St. Mary's a dangerous team coming out of that four five game. They can be now, and you you saw their coach Marone. Uh, you took them, took on St. Mary's, well, even the hit semifinal. So, and they ended up avenging the win, uh, the loss to Cameron in the St. Mary's Invitational. So, I think they're a much better team now, definitely where they were earlier in the season. I think it'll be a closer ball game, but still played at Magnolia. They're tough, and even with Magnolia taking the two point loss tonight to OVAC rival Indian Creek. And, of course, that was a late pickup. They, they didn't find out they were going to play Indian Creek until a couple of days ago, Magnolia. They're, they're only getting better, and they're playing tough opponents. I still see Magnolia coming out of Section 1. Out of Region 1, I think Madonna made a statement a few weeks ago by defeating Magnolia. But, you know, that's still a lot to be played played out there. It's hard to believe that Wheeling Central's a two-seed in Section 1. And I'm not, yeah. I don't know how long it's been since Team <laughs> Central Catholic being knocked out of the top spot. Well, and I know they, um, they've had some adversity, too. But, uh, you know, and I hearken back to the days of Magnolia. We actually tangled with them in Class AA, the Allison Roethlisberger teams, back when they were they were a perennial power in AA. But, boy, they have really uh, – they've got a nice program there, and uh, they really – they've been impressive this year. They, they've they really taken off Marcus Winters, one of the assistant coaches, and they also have – oh, his name left me at the top, but he's a former River graduate right across the river for the pilots. Uh, both of them as assistant coaches have been restructuring the offense for Magnolia since the middle part of the season. And the Lady Eagles, they're going to look good in Section 1 play. The boys is a whole different story right now. I still feel there's a bit of – you have to find out what Richie and Magnolia are going to do in boys' play. Boys is down this year in Region 1, and it's been tough. St. Mary's is on a skid. They lost. They're on a four-game skid. They had identical losses, 53-52 loss in the placement game for the hit versus South Harrison, and then they lost to Frontier Ohio by one just the other night. And this has been a, a skid for them. They're, they may actually they could end up with a worse record and still be the number one seed in Section 1 to Tyler Consolidated. And by the way, they lost their placement game tonight. All the East teams in the LKC practically swept the field in the placement games this year. So the whole west side, the Ohio River Valley and single A, it's, it's been kind of a down year in a sense. <laughs> hey, compared to what they have had, when you talk about the Magnolia team that uh, Preston Boswell just a few years ago and uh, you know, made that magnificent run, um, to yes. the state tournament, Wheeling Central is obviously somebody who is there year in, year out uh, in terms of being right there at the very end. Um, it's hard to maintain that level of play for an entire it region. It is. And like you guys were telling me about some double-A regions, that it's tough for coaches trying to vote who's going to be placed. We're starting to see it actually maybe a little bit easier to vote region one this year in class single A, <laughs> other than a, you know a couple teams that are going to be determining the final 
spots heading in. <laughs> uh, yeah, it should be a whole lot of fun as we start to wind down the season. Craig Dutton, formerly WRR, now WXCR <laughs> Radio. Thanks so much for joining us, Craig. I to fit it in. I got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate getting to talk to you guys each and every week. I'll try to give you an update as well. 93R will have the matchup tomorrow between Peyton City St. Mary's. I'll have Tyler and Richie and girls on Wednesday night. While 93R should have the other matchup with Magnolia and whoever wins tomorrow's game. And then I think 93R has next Friday sectional championship. So I'll try to help give you updates on that throughout next week. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. And next week we'll put you on hold while we talk to Dave Wilson just to, just, just to mess with you, with people you know or know of. We'd like you winning the Iron Man Award. I'm just going to keep throwing people out there at you. Uh, for you. I don't care. I appreciate Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you, Craig Dutton. Let's just drop that call now, and uh, we're going to step aside and take it. Okay, guys, let's explain this real fast. Uh, I don't know how this happened, but uh, somewhere along the way, I got, I got a nickname here at the, with the, you know, with the show. Uh, Big Daddy. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> And I made the, the mistake of quoting the former senator of West Virginia for a long time, Robert C. Byrd, who came into this very university and delivered the line that I cannot repeat because if I do, it will be cut and used against me again because I did repeat it six years ago and I still hear about it on this show. Only because I repeated the line that he said. He made you a legend. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Might as well embrace it. You know, I might as well because it doesn't. At this point, it's not going to uh, go away. It's it's too late for that. Unfortunately, um, I haven't been able to shed that moniker here. I've tried. I made it almost through the entire year, but episode eleven, here it comes back again. Let's All just right. take a break. Yeah, let's just. You know what? Let's take a break. Regroup. We'll come up with a poll question. We'll talk with Andrew Rogers, who was at the Notre Dame-Charleston Catholic Boys game tonight, and our resident referee, Bo Anderson. we got a lot of show left and not a lot of time. Come back with us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall University sports journalism majors offer students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experience that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, The Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC 
Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, and we want you to visit basketballnight.com. You can find video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard right there. Don't forget our poll question this week. Should coaches continue to seed sectional tournaments? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com and vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Thanks for joining us. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers, including Nick Bersolini, J.P. McClutchin, Ashley Topping, Garrett Hill. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Thanks for joining us tonight. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11-23 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're running out of Friday nights during the basketball season as we just keep moving right along. Do we only have four left? Four left. Yep. That wow. means four weeks from tonight will be semifinal Friday of the boys' state tournament. Mm-hmm. Three weeks from tonight will be semifinal Friday of the girls' state tournament. Mm. Two weeks from tonight will be the girls' regionals will be lined out, and we will they be will giving be out the state out. Uh, girls' pairings. basketball that's pairings in yeah. two weeks. That's hard I'm to excited. Believe. Yeah, that's hard to believe. I'm it, excited. It's, it's To get to go to the Charleston Coliseum. Right, and convention, <laughs> convention center. center. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, that's not going to stick. I'm sorry. Like with the basketball arena, it, no, won't stick. it might stick no. with the facility. Yes, but not for the state tournament. No, it it, it will not. It will not stick, and uh, it'll revert back. Uh, and I'm sure we'll slip up a few times, and, <laughs> and we'll call it by its former self. Because we just—that's just how things are. That's how we roll. That's exactly. <laughs> um, you know, Big games tonight. You know, this is late in the season. And, Coach, I want to mention this with you before we go back to the phones. Uh, Craig mentioned it, too. St. Mary's had girls basketball senior night tonight. And they open sectional tournament play tomorrow afternoon. I mean, that's an immediate turnaround to win or go home. Yeah, that's that's unusual. I don't know if the game tonight was a makeup, and if it was, I can say you you want to have that senior night game. That's something we're always leery about. I've noticed some schools have been rolling the senior night actually sometimes to not the final home game. Right. You may have seen that too, Joe. In right. order to make sure you can get it in with all the weather, because you don't want a senior night game not to be played. So I don't know the circumstance, but that is a big turnaround. And he mentioned St. Mary's. They battled injuries all year, but they dropped. That's going to be a tough game with Peyton City tomorrow in a first round game, and their season's on the line. So, Joe, very unusual to turn around and have to play an afternoon game tomorrow. Absolutely, I know some of the schools in in our area actually had senior night a couple of weeks ago, yeah. even two and a half weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. to make sure they get them in, that is a big. That's a tall order to get you know senior night, a lot of hoopla and extra yeah. celebration, but then 
got to get your heads on straight because we've got a you know we're going into sectionals tomorrow afternoon. Well, and the, and the winner of that game tomorrow uh, takes on Magnolia. Now you have a window to play those sectionals, Ryan. They could start tonight, as a couple teams did. Uh, you have a week to play them, and sometimes teams want to go ahead and get them started this weekend uh, to avoid weather issues and to keep that continuity yeah. coming out of the regular season. Mm-hmm. I do want to tie up one loose end here, real quick. We talked with Ethan Travis, our standout athlete of the week. The last time Oak Glenn was in the state boys basketball tournament was 2004. Mm. And so, and that, well, the crack team got that done. I'm still waiting on the uh, 18 wins for, for, for Greenbrier. Greenbrier yes, West. yes, <laughs> yes. You're not off the hook yet, guys. Still, still working on <laughs> yes. that one. You know, fantastic ball game in terms of a big late season matchup tonight. Notre Dame's boys defeated Charleston Catholic. Uh, the final score in that one was 81 to 75. Andrew Rogers was at that game, and he's also our special correspondent. And Andrew, uh, obviously a busy week for you, having to to work on our standout athlete of the week uh, this week and going to that game tonight. Uh, big game between two very good Class A basketball teams. Notre Dame just a little bit better tonight. Yeah, it was a really uh, back and forth matchup. Both teams kind of battled foul trouble. In the first half, Notre Dame led by one at halftime and then opened up the third quarter and really couldn't miss. They had a 20-point lead. I think it was 67-47 to 47 at one point in that third quarter. And then uh, the Irish's top player, Gabe Zumo, got in some foul trouble, had to go to the bench towards the end of that third quarter into the early parts of the fourth quarter. That allowed Charleston Catholic to kind of come back, trim away at that lead and make it a little closer than it was early in that second half. And uh, still, though, able to get that down to a six-point game. And, you know, you're talking about two ball clubs that um, are, are, again, could possibly meet a little bit later on. Notre Dame, though, um, I know you get to kind of follow them a little bit more closely. That's a team that has taken the show on the road this year throughout the state of West Virginia and has been very successful in doing so. Yeah, absolutely. They've had some... uh big-time wins. They went to Wheeling Central, got a win against them back in early January. did fall to them a couple weeks ago at home, and then really that's the only single-A loss they have so far this season. They fell to Southern Garrett, a team out of Maryland, and then the other loss was to a double-A Chapmanville team, so they've kind of tested themselves with a tougher schedule to prepare themselves for a run in the state tournament. This year, Notre Dame, uh, you know, one of the top teams in Class A, obviously, 18-3, and three. Uh, it's been a little bit of a retooling time, though, because two years ago won the state tournament uh, with Jared West, or as his father calls him, Little Jared, uh, because he was uh, the, obviously Jared West Sr., then Jared West his son. But Jaden West uh, has really picked up a, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the leadership uh, role when it comes to this basketball program right now. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough for a freshman, too, to come on and really take over this team. He had 29 points tonight in the win against Charleston Catholic, and really to play for your dad as a freshman to try to lead this team that has a lot of high expectations to, you know, get back to the state tournament and win a state championship, and he's done a pretty good job so far, obviously, as a freshman. A lot of learning still to do for him, but uh, I think he's really grown in well for this team so far. Notre Dame, 18-3. and The Irish will take on Madonna in Weirton coming up on Wednesday. Andrew Rogers, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Yep, thanks. I'll see you next Friday. All right, sounds good. Andrew Rogers, our special correspondent, and also uh, was at that 
Notre Dame Charleston Catholic game time. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, talk with our resident referee Bo Anderson. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's it it's it's about time. Yeah. We can't say Bo time. Somebody else uses that for their <laughs> main you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we'll step aside for a break when we come back. Bo Anderson answers our hard-hitting questions yes. in the world of basketball officiating. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us tonight. And don't forget about the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. We send followers an email at 8 a.m. with the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just uh, check the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of the Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can email us at scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. You can also send a text with scores to 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Check it out at basketballnight.com. We also want you to send us your pictures from your games, your teams, players, plays. We'd like to feature that as part of our high-definition video feed. And if you're watching right now, you see all those pictures we're sharing with you. Thanks for sending those in. We really appreciate it. Don't forget the Daily Hoops Roundup. Also, you got a little bit of time left. you got until 11.45 tonight to join us in this week's poll. Should coaches continue to see this sectional tournament? Give us a yes or no. Shout out to Spencer Helms, Ty Cool, and Matthew Bickey. They joined us on Twitter tonight. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.33, only a half hour to go on the fastest three hours in radio. Mm. It, I mean, guys, it, <laughs> it, it lives up to that name. We, we joke about it, but there's a lot of truth to that. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone, back here with you in studio with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this February 15th, 2019. As we get ready for the postseason, these power ratings start to have a little bit of a meaning in terms of you can see how they play out if, if, if our power ratings hold true. And I'll tell you what, uh, I want to hats off to Marcus, Fred, all the, the ones behind the scenes. The new features, if folks haven't, I know we've had a lot of hits on the website, but the way they've got the regionals set up using the power rankings, <clears throat> I know even public and coaches that are utilizing it because it's such a good tool within that regional 
setup, you can see how your teams in the region fit into the power rankings for the show. So, again, hats off to them. But folks, uh, encourage them to, to visit that because uh, it's it's a great uh, resource. Earlier uh, earlier in the year, my counterparts down at WVOW, they give me a hard time. And they'll throw my Twitter uh, address <laughs> out there, you know, that I get hate mail. But it just goes to show you, I mean, early in the season, I was getting it. I was, you know, from about two or three teams. But, you know, the cream rises to the top, as Rich Stevens mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, here we are late in the season. And I think once we see these power rankings tonight, it's going to you know pretty well hold true. We'll get to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, in just a moment. But first, let's go back over to the score desk to Marcus Constantino with our latest BasketballNight.com power ratings. Thank you, Ryan. Starting off with the girls' BasketballNight.com power ratings. These will be the final power ratings that uh, we will be releasing for the girls. Uh, the Parkersburg Big Reds uh, staying on top in uh, girls' AAA with a 20-1 and record. The Big Reds are number one. Greenbrier East at number two. Wheeling Park at number three. University moves up two spots into the number four spot. And finally, Woodrow Wilson uh, drops one spot into number five. Moving on to girls' AA. Um, the North Marion Huskies are on top in AA, 18-4. The Lady Huskies are number one. Uh, Wyoming Geese bumps up a spot. Uh, the Warriors are 19-3 at number two, while Fairmont Senior uh, drops one spot to number three. Uh, Wayne Pioneers stay put at number four. Uh, the Lady Pioneers are 19-3, while the Lincoln Cougars uh, move up to claim uh, the, top, the bottom of the top five. Moving on to girls' single A. Uh, the St. Joseph Central Irish, of course, staying on top at number one. Parkersburg Catholic is 19-1. and one. The Lady Crusaders are number two. Uh, the Madonna Blue Dons uh, take over the number three spot over Magnolia. Uh, the Blue Dons 16-5, and five, Magnolia 14-8. and eight. And finally, the Williamstown Yellow Jackets break into the top five with an 18-4 and four record. Now, the boys' uh, basketballnight.com power ratings, these are so fresh off the press, I don't even have, uh, you know, where they've moved to or from yet. But I can tell you that Martinsburg is number one, University number two in AAA, uh, George Washington third, uh, Woodrow Wilson fourth, and Morgantown fifth. Moving on to boys' AA, uh, Fairmont Senior is first, Chapmanville second, Logan third, uh, the Bluefield Beavers are fourth, and Shady Springs at number five. And in boys' single A, uh, Wheeling Central Catholic is on top, Webster County is number two, uh, Notre Dame number three, Greater Beckley Christian Crusaders in fourth, and finally the Parkersburg Catholic Crusaders are at number five. That's the BasketballNight.com power ratings, and you can catch them all at our website, BasketballNight.com. Thank you very much, Marcus. And before we go back to the phones for our resident referee, Bo Anderson, I always seem to find something else to talk about right before we do this. <laughs> it's almost break time. It, right? <laughs> it is, actually. I'm going to run that too. But um, I do want to mention a quick shout-out to Ryan Arrowwood at Taze Valley Prep. Um, Ryan has been on the program before, one of the Magnificent Seven from Hannon in 2001 that made the class single-A semifinals on a just you know a very Hoosier-esque type run. Uh, a Hannon team that when I was in middle school, I played against him and my team won. And uh, <laughs> never, never, ever let them forget that. Uh, his wife, Rudy, was also uh, part of the program for, for a while. And uh, he's now the coach at Taze Valley Prep. They beat Oak Hill Academy tonight, the big one, at Mouth from Mouth of Wilson, Virginia. Yep, number seven in the country, yes. Oak Hill was. So, so uh, huge win. Yes, good win for 
them. Congratulations to them on that. Now, our resident referee, Bo Anderson. It's time to bring him in to basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Should have held him out there two more minutes. Uh, you know. But then we'd been out of time, so, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we don't have to pay for his unlimited phone. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Bo Anderson joins us on the program. Bo, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Well, Joe, you beat me to it. I was hoping to see that one dot dot zero zero <laughs> dot dot zero zero on my phone, and it didn't happen. We'll yeah. try again next week. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt you won't fail. <laughs> All right, uh, Bo, always so kind to come in and answer officiating questions for us. And uh, Coach Marone, I know you have one for our resident referee tonight. Yeah, Bo, uh, just really a uh, – it's probably a pretty easy one to explain, but uh, I know we've talked in the past about coverage areas. There's three officials. Each of them are designated uh, with different roles. We've really never hit on this, though, when there's a free throw being shot. There's three officials, and they all are looking at different things. Uh, that was something we came across this week, and I don't think a lot of people are familiar with who's covering what on a free throw because there's a lot of action that can go on with a free throw, and I know you guys have specific uh, roles and areas that you're responsible for. If you could share that with our listeners. Sure, Rick. Uh, yeah, that's uh, something, and I can explain it about as good as I can without showing you on a chart. Um, in a three-man crew, you have a lead, which is the person that's on the end line, who would be the person to bounce the ball to the shooter. You have a center, which is the side opposite the scores table. Uh, and then you have a trail, which will be at the scores table side. Uh, the lead has, when they bounce the ball to the shooter, the lead's got basically the first lane space on their side and the two lane spaces closest on the other side, and this is just kind of a general to tell you, the center has the shooter, the the first space on that side, and the two spaces ops and him, till the shot is taken. Once the shot is taken, then the vision goes to the players on your side because obviously you have a better view for fouls. The trail basically can help, but as the people that are not involved, that are not in the lane, and can help if needed if someone comes flying from half court and runs inside the circle before the ball uh, hits the rim because anybody that's outside and not in the Mark Lane spaces has the same responsibility as the shooter. They can't come across the line until the ball hits the rim, and the players in the uh, outside the free throw line and semicircle can't come inside the semicircle until the ball hits the rim. So that's kind of a little general area of how your coverage is and the center has the 10 second count and chops the clock in on the miss if we're playing it if it's a a miss on a one-on-one or a miss on the second of two or the third of three we'll start the clock and if it's made and the other team's going to take it out then the guy that's on the end line will be the one to start the clock whenever the ball is touched inbounds on the throw in. 
That's a lot of uh, information for a free throw. A <laughs> uh, little more than I thought. Well, but, uh, I know, but to make it uh, simple for me, because you know me, Bo, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Once the shot goes up, it, it looks to me like you've got an underneath. Uh, the official there is looking at one side of the lane. The center officials looking at the other side once the ball's a, a shot because it's a little easier to see those areas. And as you mentioned, the trail's there just to help if needed. So that's kind of the cliff the cliffed version, correct? Right. Yeah, you have to think while you're looking at the shooter until the ball is let go, you've got a better vision the other side. But once the ball is let go, then for rebounding purposes, somebody pushing somebody in the back, most generally, it's easier for the center to call his side of the lane and the lead to call their side of the lane because they're going to see it instead of having to look through players to try to see what has happened. So you're basically most of the opposite till the ball's let go. Once the ball's let go, then you're on your own side because you can officiate the fouls better that are closer to you. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, thanks so much for joining us. We're right up against the break. We've got to go. We'll cut back with our final uh, power, uh, not power, do that. our poll, poll question. question. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Our poll question's coming up and cause time. And again, sorry, Bo, I had to cut you short there. We're just really tight on time. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks to all of our affiliates, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne, 104.5 FM, WASPLP in Huntington, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. We're also on 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's. 93.9 FM. The voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOWN Logan. We're on WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. We're also on Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. 1600 AM WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY Moundsville, 103.7 FM WQWV and Fisher. We're also on KQV, WKQV and Cowan, 105.5 FM. And in Braxton County, you can hear WKQV on 106.9 FM. And we're on 1360 AM, 97.1 FM. WHJC Matewan and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night on Armstrong Digital 204 and Comcast Channel 25 in the Huntington area. This is high 
High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.45 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Coach Rick Marone and Joe Linville. And before we have cause time, which is coming up in just a moment, let's go back to the score center to Marcus Constantino with a look at this week's poll question. Thanks, Ryan. First, we'll recap the poll that just wrapped up. Should coaches continue to seed the sectional tournaments? Uh, 53% of voters said no, they should not, while 47% said yes, they should. So a pretty dead even vote. Now, this week's poll question, you can go to basketballnight.com and vote. Um, do you support a four-section setup for high school basketball in West Virginia? Uh, you can, or a four-class uh, setup, I should say, in high school basketball in West Virginia. Uh, you can go to basketballnight.com and cast your vote. You've got until 11:45 p.m. next week. Thank you very much, Marcus. And you know, this time last week we were talking a lot about the situation with the Martinsburg girls basketball team after the bus crash and. How that all kind of went through, and now that's been almost two weeks ago. And um, Martinsburg's girls team has, uh, you know, kind of kind of got back to um, back to business, so to speak. And they didn't actually what play their first game was it last night? I believe so. I, I want to double check this before we before we bring Rick on, and, and that's just because um, it's just you know that's something you can't. We talk about the things you can't plan for, injury, illness. I mean, those things come up. I mean, we've heard before, and, you know, there, there's a bug going around. People have been <laughs> – There's lots of bugs Yeah, going exactly. Around. I mean, people get sick in West Virginia, especially this the time of year. Flu and stomach bug and everything yeah, else. And you yeah, and you cannot account for that. It, it happens. You have to be prepared for it as best you can. But, I mean, a, a bus crash in, in, in transit is, is something completely different. Uh, Martinsburg's girls did lose – on um, Wednesday night to Musselman, 46-39. to 39. But it is now cause time. And joining us on the program from the Martinsburg Journal. I took my Journal. troubles down to Madame Ruth. <laughs> you know that gypsy with a gold cap tooth. She's got a path on 34th and Vine. Selling little bottles of love potion number nine. It's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Welcome to the program. And a little love potion for everybody else too. <laughs> the day after Valentine's Day, the cause is still still spreading Feeling the, the love. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what that's what it's all about. Share the love, share the joy. How are you guys doing? Hey, hey we're, we're doing great. You know, I finally figured it out. Um, it, that, that's all there is to it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I figured it out. No, um, if you watch the late night Pac-12 basketball games on ESPN every now and then. Bill Walton is a national treasure because he'll, he'll eventually talk about the game a little bit, but you just never know where he's going to go. But he's fascinating to listen to. Or he'll you know eat a cupcake with a candle that's lit at the time. <clears throat> yep. Candle at all. I well, mean, what, he, what, what he really needs to do is eat a cupcake or a cake that has a number of candles 
how old he is. See if you can do that one. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. might be a little tough. <laughs> that, that might, that might, that's a big ask, even for uh, a, a gentleman who's about seven foot one in Bill Walton. But I think Rick Kozlowski is our version of Bill Walton. A treasure. He is. He's a, he's a, he's a national treasure. Yeah. That's it, Rick. That's all. <laughs> Good night, Rick. I just wonder if he was still with us there. His head was swelling. I could hear it through the phone, you know. (laughs) Oh, my. All right. uh, Rick, Martinsburg's girls got back on the floor, though, uh, two two nights ago, fell to Musselman. Uh, I have to feel, though, that just returning to a sense of normalcy, it's a step in, in getting through the situations they've been through. Yeah, it's uh, really, it was, it, it showed how difficult things were for them. Basically, it's the first time anybody has seen them in, in a public eye since the accident. And you could see the bandages, you could see some braces, you could see one, one young lady with a face mask who had a broken nose. And they, it was the first time that they had gotten into a five on five situation. Although they hadn't practiced in maybe a week or so, but it was the first time that they actually got into a five-on-five situation because of the aches, the pains, and the injuries. And it wasn't the Martinsburg team that we've seen all season, which I don't think anybody expected. But, you know, they have to get out there. Uh, sectional playoffs for them start excuse me, Wednesday. They play again tomorrow at noon, which will be kind of their final tune-up game, and you know, I don't know, it's just, it's, you know, I think, you know, what we've seen, though, rather than so much about how they play, it's the love that we have seen from across the state, across the country, people just so, so supportive, keeping them in their prayers, their thoughts. And, you know, it's just, I think that part of it's just been, been so amazing. And, Rick, I, I think that, this, you know, this is a geographically challenged state. I've used that term before. In term, I mean, it's a long way from Martinsburg to, you know, the, the big Atlantic Classic, for instance, to Charleston, to uh, much of the bulk of West Virginia, although the population's kind of shifted to the eastern panhandle right now. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I think sometimes people look at the eastern panhandle as almost being separate. An incident like this really kind of uh, shortens things up a little bit. Does that make sense? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, th- there were tributes from all over the state. Teams would do this, would do that, uh, sending flowers. Uh, some teams, uh, like most of them on, on Wednesday, all their girls were wearing orange shoelaces as a tribute to the Martinsburg girls. It's like... The, as I say, everything, you know, while it seems distant, something like this happens and, and everybody's one big family. That's just the way it is. Martinsburg boys go to 20-0 and on the season. There has never been in any class an undefeated state football championship team and undefeated state basketball championship team from the same school in the same school year. Martinsburg's getting closer to being to where they would, you know, have an opportunity to do that as we get very close to postseason play. Yeah, they're playing very well still. <laughs> <laughs> a very good defensive team. I think that's the thing that really 
stands out with that ball club and a very balanced team. The uh, leading scorer, uh, Grant Harmon, I think we've uh, maybe heard that name before, he's only scoring like 11.9 points a game, which doesn't isn't really a whole, whole lot. But then you have Teddy Marshall, uh, one of the football players as well, who just went over the double-digit mark in the last game. And then there's like three other guys kind of in the eight- to nine-point range. So it's a very balanced ball club. It doesn't seem to matter who is on the floor. It's just they never seem to lose a beat. And they've only, uh, I think the defensive average is uh, something like uh, giving up 40.6 points a game, something uh, kind of insane like that. Only one team has scored uh, as much as 56 points, and two teams scored 50. Everybody else has been below that. It's been a, a phenomenal run for the Martinsburg Bulldogs in that regard. I mean, this is just, I mean, we're looking at potential uh, for history to be made this year with the type of season that they're having. But, uh, you know, looking elsewhere tonight, Jefferson gets a win over Hampshire. Uh, that obviously isn't something that was a big surprise by any means. Hedgesville beats Musselman, though, and that was a an important boys game this late before the seedings come out, and Hedgesville gets a win over the Appleman. Yeah, and that's the game I was at tonight. And very tense, tense kind of game. Uh, very tight. Mustman had a chance to tie it in the fourth quarter on a three-point play. But however, he uh, missed a foul shot. And then Hedgesville scored the next four points and kind of got, uh, got in a little bit of a comfort range for the last five minutes, uh, four minutes. And they made enough foul shots in the final minute to win the game. That's their second win over the Appleman, which if, if results mean anything towards seedings of the tournament, and we know sometimes people vote uh, mysteriously. How's that for the, the right term? Hedges <laughs> uh, will probably get the number two seed, and Musman will probably get number three, and they'll be playing again, except this time they'll be, next time it'll be on Hedgesville's home court. I mean, that's what we would expect to see happen, but I have seen strange things over the years. So you never know what might happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. So, okay, we've got we've, we've covered basketball now with Rick from the Eastern Panhandle. Um, how was Valentine's Day in the Kozlowski household? Well, I worked. Fantastic. <laughs> Great evening but, at the Kozlowski household. But, but, but I, I did do this. I did do this. I, maybe I have something of a romantic bone in my body or something. I don't know. But I was kind of up in the area to go to a game that never happened. So I ran into the local Mexican restaurant that uh, we often go to on Monday nights, and she just absolutely loves to have a taco salad from there. So I went in, and the place was busier than heck. And I said, hey, I need a carry-on. And they said, oh, no problem. So I buy a taco salad, I stop at home, I drop it off here, and then go back to work. And she was happy. <laughs> that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> I do things like that. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I'm wanting, I, I was thinking, saying, well, you know, it was the perfect evening for her. She got a taco salad and you went back to work. But no, <laughs> and she no. didn't have to put up with Rick. <laughs> no, that, you, you, you guys are fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was, it was absolutely perfect for her. I wasn't here. <laughs> Uh, we we enjoy it. You know, Rick, we, we do sincerely appreciate you uh, being on the program each and every week. And just uh, sometimes we get a little perspective. We get to kind of fan out a little bit, not so focused on just what happens on the floor and just kind of be able to put things into perspective. And we always appreciate uh, getting to talk with you. Hey, if I may add something about the Martinsburg girls, and I'm, I don't usually do this, but I got to talk to... Uh, interview the two student managers who were pulling the girls out of the bus when it, uh, the night it wrecked. And I have a long, really interesting story that I'm going to run in the journal on Sunday. I, it's just fascinating what these what these guys did, and 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 you know they're calling them heroes, and and I think they really are. I look forward yeah, to reading definitely that. Definitely will. Uh, that'll be in the Martinsburg Journal. I look forward to reading that um, coming up on. Sunday. Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day and glad your wife did have a great Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, you guys have a great week. Thanks a lot right. for always having me. All right, that's Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal. Before we wrap things up, a couple quick things to mention. Wayne's Lake and Atkins reaches 1,000 career points uh, last night in Wayne's victory over Scott. Uh, also, do want to mention that the seating in that sectional was difficult. I, I'm not upset about. It. I'm not no like. I'm not saying it was a controversy or anything like that. It was just so difficult. Nitro was on a roll. Had beaten Wayne. Had beaten Winfield twice. Winfield beat Wayne. But Wayne's overall record was 18 and three at the time. Had had a win over Huntington and had a double digit win over Chapmanville. Wayne had beaten Nitro by 30, but Nitro beat Wayne at Nitro. So how do you see all that? I think it came out about as fair as it could. Flip the coin. Yeah, I mean, it, it was yeah. very good. And yeah. by the way, Sissonville turns around and beats Nitro right the next <laughs> after the seating. That's how it works out. That's all for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Back next week, boys sectionals and girls regionals. Good night. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.